Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Today, the FBI raided the home of the GOP frontrunner for the gubernatorial primaries in Michigan. He was then arrested in, re- in connection with January 6th. So there's two potential scenarios. The Democrat DOJ, the Biden DOJ, has weapon has been become weaponized and is going after their political rivals. Or you have a an extremely popular insurrectionist candidate. So pick one, I guess. There's another report that's been going around about whistleblowers claiming the FBI has been purging their ranks of conservatives. So honestly, the truth may be closer to the middle. This guy, Ryan Kelly, is the front runner in the GOP primary to go up against Whitmer. He was at the Capitol. Allegedly, he's fanning people, telling them to come in and saying things like it's war. I don't know for sure if the evidence presented by the the federal government in their claims is true. Then this guy was there. He never went in the building. He's being charged with, I believe, four misdemeanors. And from those four uh, misdemeanors, they raided his house. They've arrested him. And coincidentally, it's happening right as they're doing those uh, those hearings on January 6th. So, um Yo, I, I can only uh, think that it's just breaking down. Joe Biden went on Jimmy Kimmel and he jokingly said, you got to arrest all the Republicans. Because <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel was like, how do you how do you do this? How do you play fair if Republicans aren't playing fair? Anybody who's been paying attention to the news and knows the facts knows the Republicans aren't playing at all. They're just sitting on their hands. Mm. The Democrats aren't playing fair, but they've convinced their voter base that it's actually the Republicans who are doing things. They're not actually doing anything. I think it's all falling apart. Last night. As many of you know, we did one of the longest shows we've had in a long time. Yeah. Right. Four and a half hours. Not on purpose. Now, three and a half hours was just dead air because... And Luke made some great points in that time. That, that three was, and a half yeah, hours out, out, The smartest actually, yeah. he's ever sounded. When we, were, when we were outside for those three and a half hours uh, waiting for the police, Luke gave this tremendous speech... And it was the greatest speech ever given. Yep. You just had to have been there. Yeah. It was Riveting. in the moment. And the Riveting. energy was Even had there. me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this happens. And um, we're in Maryland. We're, we're, we're relatively close to where Kavanaugh lives. And so this was a factor in, in what happened. We had a credible threat. Considering that day we got news that someone had attempted to kidnap and murder a, Supre- a Supreme Court justice, we had to take it, we had to take it seriously. And uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on. Now those, those, uh, terrorists went back to Kavanaugh's house. And, and the reason why I'll, I call them that is when you have people violate the law to intimidate a judge, then someone attempts to kidnap and murder that judge. Then they come back to illegally protest in front of the house. That's a threat. Yep. They are trying to use fear and intimidation. So we're going to talk about all of this stuff. And uh, I guess gas prices over five bucks. So that's that's particularly brutal. But we'll talk about all that. And returning for a do-over, it's Tommy Altman. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having me back. Uh, hopefully, it's not nearly as eventful as last night. No, uh, it's good. It, no, was, it was good. It was going really well. It was like yeah, a great was, show, and then we had to flee the building, and you know, we had a lot of fun. We had, we had great conversations out there too. Bad they weren't all recorded, but um, no, looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah so, so for those that aren't familiar, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so my name's Tommy Altman. I'm running for Congress in the Second District of Virginia. That's uh, where I was born and raised. I'm an Air Force, a Special Ops combat veteran. I, combat tours on the ground in Afghanistan and Iraq, disabled veteran, ordained minister, small business owner. I own a tattoo studio over there in, in the district for the last five years. 
And honestly, man, just running because I'm sick and tired of seeing where we're the direction we're moving as a nation. I got sons, and I want to make sure that our next generation had the same freedoms and opportunities everybody else had. Mm. Right on. Fair we enough. got Luke. Hey, guys. I got one simple message for you here today. That it's not the news. It's an establishment press release. And if you agree with that statement and want it on, on a T-shirt, you could on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. We have a lot of important things to discuss, especially the FBI in Michigan. Absolutely awful track record, uh, especially when it comes to their destruction of plots lots to talk about there, there. there there's and, a potential uh, connection between the whitmer and this abso- and this guy absolutely yeah. and uh, i i think there's some uh homeless guy that snuck in here that's not supposed to be <laughs> in here so i don't know i don't know if this oh, guy's wow. okay. like homeless. yeah well, thank you i'm glad I, i'm glad that we have somebody here who's willing to take my side against this unbelievably unfair <laughs> bullying <laughs> wow, ridiculous bullies. yeah it's, it's, what, it's what called are we dealing speaking with? truth to power Truth. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're acknowledging a more powerful Irish than you. Power. I don't know about that. I'm I wouldn't go that oh, This is going to be fun. Luke with a constant <laughs> victimization. I am Seamus Coglin of Freedom Tunes. We just released a cartoon today that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. It's pretty hard-hitting and solid and I think came just in time for Pride Month. Also just launched a website, freedomtunes.com. If you go over there and become a member for five bucks a month, you can support independent content. You'll also get an extra cartoon a week, which is exclusive and the rest of the public doesn't get. So thank you so much and uh, I really think you'll like it. Go over there and check Good it out. Cartoons. Good cartoons. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. They're okay. They're okay. I mean, as an artist, I enjoyed them. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we were just watching them before the show, and they are truly wonderful. We always enjoy our Freedom Tunes. Sorry, the Potato Man is good in this instance. (laughs) Go check out freedomtunes.com. Give a chance. Yeah, all right, let's get going. I mean, I'm not not a huge fan of that descriptor. (laughs) Potato Man. Take what you can get, man. But don't forget to also check out timcast.com. This time, we're going to have that members-only segment. We weren't able to do it last night because we were... Outside the house, waiting for the police to finish sweeping the building. As a member, you are supporting our work while we deal with such things. But also, we put up Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. members-only shows. We're going to have one of those tonight. You're helping support our journalist. We just hired an, a couple more journalists. Check out Adrian Norman. He's awesome. We actually had him on the show. Hope, ha- hope to, right. to have him. Hope to have him back soon. And smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share this YouTube video, this live stream, wherever you can, if you really want to support us, or just share TimCast.com where people can now come and watch the show. Uh, smash that like button again. Not too many times. Just make sure you did. And let's jump into that first story from TimCast.com. Leading Michigan GOP gubernatorial candidate Ryan Kelly raided, arrested in connection with January 6th protest. TimCast.com reports the candidate was raided on June 9th on misdemeanor charges related to the protest. He is facing four misdemeanor charges, knowingly entering or remaining in a restricted building, disorderly and disruptive conduct, knowingly engaging in any act of physical violence against a person or property in a restricted building or grounds, and willfully injuring or committing depredation against property of the U.S. The charging documents do not accuse Kelly of ever entering the building. He is accused of Hmm. gesturing for people to move forward while on the Capitol steps. They also say that I guess he, he assisted in someone pulling down. He's also accused of using his hands to support another rioter who was pulling a metal barricade. So they have photos that they argue is this guy. Now, here's what gets important. Ryan Kelly is currently polling at 19%. He is up four points. He is the GOP front runner for the primary to go up against Gretchen Whitmer. So we have one of two scenarios. We either have the DOJ being weaponized Mm -hmm. to shut down popular pro-Trump candidates, or we have a popular candidate who is an insurrectionist. Now think about either scenario. If you're a Democrat, you're looking to this guy and you're like, this guy was at January (gasps) 6th and he's winning. (laughs) What does that say about the American people in that perspective? Now, I certainly don't believe that narrative. 
I think what we're seeing is the weaponization of the DOJ yeah. against political rivals. Yeah. This guy should have been there. He shouldn't have been gesturing people if that's what he was doing. Sure. The rioters should be charged. But to see an FBI raid on a prominent politician over misdemeanors, it's clearly, to me, weaponization. Well, right before, well, this is another question just really quickly. Right before an election, right. you know, when they had the footage, they knew this was going on. I mean, how long did it take them to, to process everything to and, – and now they're doing it? Sorry, it's go been ahead. A, it's I was gonna it's say, been a year and a half. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, if, if he is – uh, an insurrectionist. He's not a very good one if right. that's all he did. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> right. and this is the point, right? They have this entire insurrectionist narrative, and the idea is that the sitting president of the United States, who is the commander-in-chief and has control over the entirety of the armed forces, right. decided to overthrow the government and have a coup, and he did this by having a bunch of civilians without any guns yep. enter a building they weren't supposed to be in. And and many of them didn't even go in the and building. And many right. of them didn't go in the building. And m- many of them were waved in by police officers and didn't do anything violent. And it's I'm not just, even many of them. It's a fraction of a percent right. that I, did. I'm just imagining, you know, these these hearings. The, the hearings are happening now. I don't care. And they're going to be like, this was a plot <laughs> by a sitting president to overthrow this country. A sitting president. And I'm president. going to explain to you how he did it. Yeah. He vaguely mentioned something about <laughs> walking towards the Capitol. Yeah. And yeah. then what he happened? T- took a selfie. They walked towards the Capitol. <laughs> a bunch of this- people. Some some people rioted. Maybe a few hundred. And then about half of them went in the building. And then a bunch of people were let in by the police. And they walked around taking selfies with those cops and then left peacefully. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. This is this this is the sitting president, <laughs> commander in chief, in control of the military. Literally has access to the button that launches nukes. Yep. And his plot to overthrow the United States government and become some kind of dictator was to have civilians, none of whom or ba- virtually none of whom, brought any guns. There were no guns. Go towards the Capitol, vaguely gesture that they had in that area. If this well, was yeah. a coup. It was the worst coup yeah. ever. In the history of the world. Well, th- these hearings that we're going to be hearing about on, on national television, the January 6th committee hearings, they're putting out all the stops. They want to make sure that this is going to be a spectacle. They brought in the former president of yep. ABC News, the man that squashed the Jeffrey Epstein right. story, that suppressed right. it, that spiked it, that made sure that this was the famous story, the Amy Robichov, uh Project Veritas Robach. story, Robach, uh, w- where she specifically said, we had Bill Clinton, we had all the evidence, we had this years ago, and it was squashed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. By ABC News. That man that, that was in charge of that is going to be now presenting the show case spectacle that is going to be presented to the American public in just a few hours from now. So you can only expect how corrupted and how bad and how just emotionally manipulative it's going to be uh, attempted to sway the American public towards seeing something that, that uh, again, has um, been highly manipulated from day one. Yeah. And can, I, I want to make another point here. This is something that actually came from polling data, and I've quoted this on the show before, but more people who were polled from the general public want to see an investigation into the 2020 riots 
than want to see an investigation into January 6th. Yep. So right. where's that? Isn't it a threat to our democracy that we're investigating an event which a minority wants to see investigated yep. rather yep. than something the majority wants to I'm see pre- investigated? I'm, I'm pretty sure more people want Hillary Clinton investigated. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think even a large portion of Democrats did. Or, or just yeah. release the list of, uh, you know, the clients from Maxwell. That's right. You know, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that would be a, a, enough. And then Elon Musk just a few days ago even asked, how come the DOJ hasn't leaked that information? Mm-hmm. Nope. And that's a very important question that I think we, we should be asking because we are seeing the DOJ weaponized in a very strong way. We just had um, another Trump administration member arrested just a few days ago at the airport. Yeah. Uh, Peter Navarro. Peter Navarro. He's been on this show. He's been on the show before, and he was in contact with the federal authorities. And he said, you need anything? You need me to come in? You need me to provide evidence? Let's talk. We'll, we'll work it out. They, they set him up. At the airport, and he says he was treated like an al-Qaeda terrorist, which which is not surprising in these days, uh, especially with just how overbearing and just how insane institutions like the FBI have been that just a few weeks ago we found out set up this whole Gretchen Richmore kidnapping plot, which, again, was totally uh, unfolded as a jury ruled that the people there were entrapped by the FBI, the jury. No, no. The the Gretchen Whitmore. Whitmer. 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 Whitmer, I think, is a little bit more uh, potentially appropriate. I think (laughs) Luke makes a very good point here. Uh, So the FBI raids his house over misdemeanors. We saw an instance uh, when we were talking, I believe, with Nick Searcy about his film Capital Punishment of these two (laughs) old ladies who had the FBI knock at their door because they walked through the Capitol after they were welcomed in by police. And then... We go to the Epstein story. The FBI raided his island, and there has not yeah. been a single indictment related to it. You're telling me they didn't find enough evidence well, to indict a single well, well, no, 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 no. The, the FBI had witnesses coming forward for over 30 years, and they decided Amen. to yeah. ignore those witnesses in that yes. very specific case. The FBI aided and abetted this larger international trafficking and extortion operation, which, uh, which again, shows you just how badly corrupted – Institutions could be inside of Washington, D.C., leading to the suffering of thousands of children in unspeakable ways. What we should want, I believe, as a society is to know why our government is so bad at actually investigating anybody that's going to mess with little kids. Mm -hmm. How? Why are we so bad at that? That, I mean, historically, over and over again, this is what our justice system is actually really bad at. And I think the vast majority of Americans want to protect children. Absolutely. If there's any purpose of a justice system, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Bad at or yeah, I think they're good yeah. at not investigating. Right. Like, I think right. they have a goal. Of like not the Epstein into thing it. went on for how long? Yeah, over do? thirty plus years. Yeah. Right. That we know of. Since and then the, the first trial. victim came forward. The and first who says victim Epstein's came forward. The first guy to do something like this and get away with it under the government's nose. Exactly. So I, I look at this story, and uh, this was like a holy moment when. Uh, when this guy got arrested, because any way you cut it, right? The it, it's I, I think Luke put it well. They're doing this only a few months before the midterm. This guy is the front runner. They're shutting down a front runner. Aside from that, this is a guy who's done multiple rallies where he said stop the steal and all those rallies and things like that. People agree with him and they vote for him, right? You know, I think what you see with like YouTube, they they ban anybody who agrees with Trump or pushes that narrative. Because they're doing everything they can to suppress this exactly this. Yeah, it's 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 all part of the same machine. Yeah, the interesting thing, if you actually go back and look at the the descriptions that they that they used of all the things that he did that were wrong, they actually describe everything that happened with the BLM riots. Mm. And you know, so we don't we don't use the same level of justice 
we're not measuring the same things for both of these instances. And like you said, most people really do want to know what happened with these uh, with these riots. And I think this is absolutely crazy. I, I think that the this is what you're going to see from the Democrat Party in the midterms. They're going to run on three things. They're going to run on abortion. They're going to run on Second Amendment, take away our Second Amendment, and they're going to run on January 6th. Because what else are they going to run on? Well, yeah, yeah, they don't have a good economy. But even with those issues, the particular stance that they've taken on those are all losing issues. Yes. So gun control has been a losing issue for the left yep. for years and years and years. Like this is not something they've been successful with. And then even with their particular position on abortion, I've said a million times on this show, I'm pro-life. Most pro-choice people are not as extreme as the Democratic oh, no. Party is with their position. So when they say, and everyone was arguing this, oh, if the Supreme Court overturns Roe, they're going to be handing the election to the Democrats. Absolutely not. Because what the Dems are going to do, just, right. which is what they have done, is come out with the most extremist yep. abortionist legislation that most pro-choice people are going to say they wouldn't be willing to accept. Right. We talked about it yesterday in California. They're talking about post-term abortion. Mm-hmm. It's a huge problem. So, But go back to January 6th. I believe that this is what the le- the radical left is using to squash political dissent, and that's the that's the real problem. Is if we're using this, I mean, we have political prisoners right now in the United States. Yeah, yeah. That's that's both sides of the aisle. Should this would be grave concern to all of us, because then what's the what's what's the next step? What are we going to do as a society if we now have political prisoners? Yeah. Let me let me let me let me go back in time. Uh-oh. Twenty twenty sixteen. <laughs> Donald Trump was saying lock her up because you'd be in jail. He said to Hillary Clinton. So people started chanting, right. lock her up. A lot of people on the left were like, this is dangerous rhetoric. I agree, it is. Of course, I think Hillary Clinton has done a lot of nefarious stuff and she should be investigated. Take a look at this story from TimCast.com. Biden breaks his 118-day streak of no interviews with appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live, jokes about sending Republicans to jail. Wow. Same thing. Wow. It's all projection. Yep. But we're at this point now where Joe Biden goes on this primetime show. I think they only get like a million to two million viewers anyway, so it's not like it. And they're mostly old people. So you're competitive. That's what I mean, I think we get more in the key demo <laughs> so, than they yeah. do. But he goes on the show, and it's funny to him to say, you got you to send the Republicans to jail. But everyone laughs, and they cheer for it. We're, we're beyond the point where there's negotiation. Right now, I'm looking at some of these other prominent leftists on YouTube, and they're all like, January 6th hearing, blah! And they don't know or care about what really happened. No. I'll give you a good example, because I love bringing it up. When I said on this show, when it comes to trespassing charges, a person has to have been warned for it to be criminal. Right. The people on January 6th who were led in the building by police could not have known because it's a public building Mm -hmm. and the cops opened the door and let them in. Now, the rioters, the people who fought with cops on the other side of the building, yeah, they're going to get arrested. They're going to be charged. They were fighting. It was violent. But we're going to see a lot of people who fight it. And they're going to say, I wasn't trespassing, the door was opened. We've already seen it happen. The Young Turks run, run a story saying, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm making it up. They, they, they conflate what really happened that day between the different sides of the building with all just rioting. And it turns out I was right the whole time. But those are the kind of people who are going to watch Jimmy Kimmel and are going to cheer for this. And there's no negotiating with them because I can say to them, they can watch my video where I say specifically the rioters should be charged. And the people on the other side of the building who are led in by cops, you can't charge or it's going to be difficult. And they should be able to see like they, they should be able to respond very simply with like, OK, those are fact statements. Instead, right. they just say, we don't care. We want to go to war with you. We want to hate you. So I don't see how there's reconciliation. I don't see how there's there's a resolution. If we can. It's like it's almost like looking into a, a, a portal into a parallel universe, watching this interview with Joe Biden, and Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel's like, the Republicans don't play by the rules. You know, how do you, how, he's like, well, if, if we play like them, then, then we're gonna, we're gonna, our democracy's in jeopardy. And I'm like, what are the Republicans doing? Right. Literally, what have they done? 
Have they passed bills? No, they're in the minority. So what are they doing that is breaking the rules? They're not doing anything. But Joe Biden go on TV and they all believe it. Yeah, I, I think watching that, it's like, you know, Scott Adams talks about one screen, two movies playing at the same time. We're all saying something different. Right. I think if you know the truth, you're not on the left. If you believe the lies, you're on the left. That's what happens. Well, it, it, you so you mentioned Trump saying that Hillary would be in jail and compared the two. Part of what's different about this is Biden is referring much more vaguely to Republicans yes. and certainly is referring to Republican political right. leaders. I think we can infer that. But Donald Trump was talking about a specific Crime. political leader who is viewed by the vast majority of the public as He's being corrupt. 50 friends commit But who, who committed who committed a specific crime? And it committed a specific crime. Exactly, right. exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah, I mean, because, look, I was in the military, and, and having the clearance that I had, if you just left a document or a folder on the table that said yeah. top secret, if you leave that in there empty and you leave the room, you can be charged. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. It's an empty. It's an empty folder. Oh, but it was just yoga emails, right? Mm-hmm. That's well, what she said. Look, we all smash our phone with a hammer every now and again. <laughs> That's true. Know? Yeah. Well, you know, when 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 uh, you know you work for the government, you're supposed to take a hammer to your your phone so that it's the craziest thing they did, but they did it. Right. That's and I heard amazing. people say, well, maybe she didn't take because there's courses that you have to take. When, what do you have to do? Staff. So they're like, well, maybe she didn't take the courses, and likely she didn't. But it doesn't mean that you're not culpable for violating law. Yeah, well, I you thought ignorance is not an excuse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she should be, according to the law, disqualified from holding office for destroying public record. Yep. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, that's never going to happen. I mean, she's disqualified because people aren't going to vote for her. But. Right, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, that's the funny thing, though, right? Voting works. Yeah. And a lot of people just want to say it doesn't work, but I'm like, Donald Trump is kind of proof that if people... Look, nobody wanted to vote for Hillary Clinton. Slightly more wanted Donald Trump. Donald Trump wins. The vast majority of people, even 18 months before they voted for Donald Trump, if you'd have told them... You're going to vote for Donald Trump for president. <laughs> right. They would have laughed at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a lot the of, reality. A lot of prominent never Trumpers are now on the Trump train. Yeah. Right. There, there. You know, we, we've had people on the show where in 2015, 16, they were like, "Trump's awful. We can't allow him." And then they're like, "Well, you know, he wasn't that bad after all." They ended up voting for him. I think there's a lot wrong with Donald Trump, but I certainly think he did a he did a pretty good job in a lot of areas. And it's remarkable how we went from 2019, no pandemic, best numbers of our lives, best yep. economy. Then a pandemic happens and everyone's like, it's Trump's fault when it's like, yeah, it was the governor's. 
Even right yeah. now, I have no problem saying a lot of the issues we're, we're facing are remnants of what the governors did. And it's not just Democrats. The Democrats are the ones who held on forever and the Republicans right. backed away from it. But I don't blame Biden for the fact we had a pandemic. I blame him for his specific policies he's enacted since he became president. Right. You have people all the time, especially campaigning, they want to know where you're staying on Trump. And the, the single question that you respond to people with, and this is the God's honest truth, is, listen, the, the reality is for the most Americans, what we really care about is how much money we're paying at the pump and how much we're paying for food. That's what we care about. And so I tell people, are you better today under this administration or two years ago? For me, it's very clear that my family, my business, we were much better two years ago. Everybody was, whether they want to admit it or not. Where do you stand on Trump? That is that is the stance. I mean, I voted for the man twice. I'd be happy to vote for him again. Are you kidding me? I would vote for just about anybody compared to this moron that's in office right now. Are you kidding me? That's I'd vote one. for you for president. I've only known you for two days. Yeah. That's he is, how bad he this is guy a is. moron. So <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. No, I mean, let's, let's be real. Luke would be a substantially better president than Joe Biden. And yeah. it's not because Luke is good good at policy. It's because Joe Biden is a decrepit old senile man. Yeah. Senile old man. That's not a compliment. Help him out here. Yeah, it's like on a scale of like one to ten where one is just the absolute worst and you're just like something's wrong with you and ten is you're the best leader ever. Luke's a four and Biden's a one. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so it makes Luke, Luke better. That, makes, that makes Luke <laughs> four times better than Biden. Right. And to be fair, and like a four first is act as president of the United States would to be abolish the U.S. government of the United States and make <laughs> everything yeah. states' rights. Ooh, yeah. Well, you just Let's went from states, a four to like a ten. Decide everything <laughs> yeah, for themselves. Yeah. Abolish all the government agencies, the ATF yes. immediately, IRS, Federal Reserve, <laughs> yeah, all going ATF down. Is kind of going back on yeah. Yeah, the gold standard weird, yeah. uh, three things uh, that are legal mm-hmm. that's kind of weird but I, yeah. I can't I was three born things in, that are legal <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Poland I can't even be a president oh man oh, oh but hey. thank you I th- thank but thank you thank you for thinking of me in such Arnold, high regard if Arnold didn't fix that yet you're not yeah. going to you don't change yeah. oh yeah. haven't we only had like one Irish Catholic president uh, yeah, yeah yes Kennedy? I believe Kennedy oh okay so that didn't work out well yeah exactly it didn't work out well for him yeah he tried to move against the big banks and you know and the CIA too yeah I've heard this I've heard you could put a pumpkin in the White House and the country would run better. We yeah. did. Yeah, we sure right. did. Yeah, it was very important. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we tried it actually that. Went it was great. Really, it went really <laughs> well. <laughs> really say, well. The policies are un- – listen, the, reali- the reality is the policies under Trump made us stronger. And a stronger yeah. America makes a safer yes. world. We've seen that. I mean, for crying out loud, the man had peace deals in the Middle East. I'm 41 years old. We heard our whole life it's never going to happen. There's never going to be peace in the Middle East. And he started making peace deals. I mean, how do how I don't understand. Oh, they, they panicked when that happened. Yeah, they yeah, should have. They didn't like. No, that. I, yeah, the, the establishment was like, but but we need to blow up kids in the Middle East. What are we going to do? <laughs> we can't have these, <laughs> these peace agreements. To, yeah. Ouch. Oh, they're they're so mad. They're so livid. Trump was getting our troops out of Syria. He's yeah. got a timeline for for getting out of Afghanistan. He was constantly complaining about how we've got troops everywhere. He's like, why do we have troops in in Germany? This makes no sense. And I'm just like. This guy knows what's up. Well, you know, he he did move him around. He did bomb certain areas as well, but he did move troops out of Somalia. Me bomb terrorists, uh, uh, generals well, of terrorist organizations. Well, like the, it, you know, it, it depends. It's it's debatable. There's there's some questions to to ask specifically when it comes to American foreign policy and the un- unaccountable drone strikes. But the, he did take troops out of Somalia and and stopped the operations there. Biden just a couple of weeks ago introduced more troops into Somalia mm-hmm. and just two days ago started launching airstrikes inside of that region. Yep, more war. Um, just two days ago. So mm-hmm. look, the reality is anybody who advocates for war as somebody who's been to it twice has either never been to war or is profiting from it. Yeah. That's my stance on it. Yeah. I believe that ba- the vast I majority believe. of Americans do not want their sons and daughters to go to wars and foreign soils, spill American blood on foreign soils that has nothing to do with American interests. 
that's I'm telling you right now, that's where the vast majority of Americans. And stand. what happened well, to what happened to that, that was a left position. That was like the left was all about this. Right. And I remember the 2000s when it was just all protests. Obama's like, I'm going to get our troops up. And then he put our troops in. Uh, let's get them. Let's bring them back home. Bring back our boys. And then look where we are. Well, it's funny. You, and, and, and he, he, Obama said that he was going to withdraw the troops, draw down our forces. The first thing he does when he, get, when he gets in, he says, it's bombing families. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Yep. Now, the Milwaukee family, which uh, the Biden administration targeted those children, and then Trump targeted as soon as he got into office as well. So as soon That's as Trump got into story. office, there was a commando raid in Yemen where yeah. – now, here's, here's the challenge. Barack Obama – ordered a drone strike, which did result in the killing of a 16-year-old American citizen in Yemen. Why the U.S. bombed a civilian restaurant in Yemen? We have no real explanation. They said, oh, we were, we were trying to get a terror leader. And they end up blowing up some kid, an American citizen. Hmm. Now, a lot of people point this out, and I think it's fair to. Donald Trump, one of the first things he does when he gets uh, inaugurated, when he becomes president, is order a commando raid, which resulted in the death of a 7-year-old girl, Abdurrahman Al-Alaki's little sister. However... The, the death of An, uh, Abdurrahman Al-Alaki, the 16-year-old, is well-known and documented and admitted. The death of the little girl is claimed by the family. So there is a different difference there. I still think we shouldn't be – Trump should not have been ordering commando raids in Yemen or helping Saudi Arabia in this manner. But there's a slight difference in the, in the con- confirmation of these stories. Yeah, uh, lots of things, especially when it comes to geopolitics geopolitics that become a lot more complicated, a lot uh, deeper down the rabbit hole than we could even understand on them, especially when we hear about the public stories and what really happened. There's usually a big discrepancy between between both of those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, quite honestly, we were talking about it earlier. We, we really don't even know what to believe anymore. Mm. There's yeah, so much right. There's so much propaganda, and this is from, I mean, not just our government, from everywhere. There's so much propaganda now that nobody knows what to believe anymore. And that's a huge problem. If the yeah. American people don't know who to trust for information... Then, it's almost like that's well, on purpose. It's, de- it's a demoralization, <laughs> yeah. Yuri Bezmenov. Right. But it, I mean, especially about foreign policy, right? It's really difficult to get information about that right. and, and report accurately. And so much of we the, the information we get turns out to be untrue. You mentioned that uh, you're a veteran. It's also interesting because I found that that was not as important an issue to me until I started becoming friends with people who had fought in some of these wars, and they ended up red-pilling me on American foreign policy. There's this idea that veterans are pro-war in some way. I have found that absolutely hasn't been the case. And if I'm not mistaken, was was Ron Paul not the most donated to candidate by By U.S. uh, service members? members? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the people who actually see this stuff yeah. almost always end up opposing it. And his policy was non-interventionalism. His Complete policy was, was taking the troops back into the United States and Zero taking bases. care of priority issues here inside of the United States, rather than, of mm-hmm. course, being the policeman of the world, which which I think there's some important context to, especially with the way that plan has played out in places like Afghanistan. That was an absolute mess and a mm-hmm. huge investment of wasted money that made the situation that much worse on the ground. And I, I just want to say this. I'm glad you mentioned that, just in case this didn't hit home for any of the audience members who aren't entirely familiar with Ron Paul and maybe just sort of vaguely know him as libertarian, probably the most anti-war presidential candidate right. this ever, country has almost. ever had. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Dr. No. Yep. Let's talk about uh, where we're going domestically, though. We have this story from TimCast.com. Right. It's all from TimCast.com. Pro-abortion protesters show up at the home of Justice Kavanaugh hours after man arrested for failed assassination attempt. So this story was from yesterday. But, you know, this morning, uh, let me let me tell you guys. You know about what happened last night if you watched the show. We were forced to evacuate the building. There was a credible threat. It sucks. After we came back in, Jeremy Hambly of The Quartering was swatted 
and we believe by the same person. There were similarities to to the incidents. Uh, although our, ours was a was substantially different, there were enough similarities to where we think it was the same person. Upon seeing that, you know, so Jeremy of the Quartering has got a big YouTube channel. They apparently pinned him on the ground, cuffed him. They had pointed guns in the face of his wife, and it's it's particularly brutal. I wake up and I see this story that a man. So so first, let's 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 go back in time. People announced their intent to protest at the homes of the Supreme Court justices, which is a federal crime. Merrick Garland says, so what? Jen Psaki encourages it. She says, we certainly encourage more of this. She outright said they encourage it. They are outright saying to commit crimes. And there's no justice. I warned, if people go to these homes and they are not held to account, and being held to account means you get a slap on the wrist, they take you to the department, take a picture of you, and you leave. You, that you, you go to court and the judge says, don't do it again. And that's the end of it. It's a slap on the wrist. Nothing happens to you, right? But that line is set that we will arrest you because it's nonviolent civil disobedience. I said, if we don't do that, they will escalate to the next point. Well, they jumped the shark. Huh. I mean, the next, the yeah. next escal- escalation would have been like vandalism, but a dude shows up with zip ties, crowbar, a knife, a Glock, I think in a Glock 17. Yeah, it was going to be a bad night. Yeah. It was going to be a very bad, bad night. And, uh, this guy ends up, uh, confessing turns himself in and the protesters came back and there's no justice unbelievable yeah, so so after everything we go through and we're not that far away right. okay we're we're i don't want to say just how close but we are relatively close and there there's there's no justice there's no law i can't see people in this country having confidence in the government when they know that not only is one political faction allowed to just blatantly, flagrantly break the law, but that they are encouraged to do so by the White House press secretary. And here we are after an assassination, assassination attempt. The only thing I can hope for is that they announced next week there's going to be Monday and Wednesday opinion rulings, <laughs> which is going to be big because I believe this may be the last chance they have to issue their opinions on Roe and Casey hmm. and the uh, gun control legislation out of New York. Hopefully Brett Kavanaugh sees this and he just goes, people should have guns. Constitutional carry nationwide. Love it. I certainly hope so. Otherwise, I think what we're looking at is we've been swatted several times. We've had credible threats. We had a threat in Nashville. We were going to we were going to play a show at uh, John Rich's place, and then we actually had a very serious incident occur. And they were like, "We can't, we can't do it." There's wow. like kids and there's families, so we were forced to cancel it. This is the state of politics in this country. During the generation that watched Hannity, you know, and Rachel Maddow, the older generation, they're, they're not. They're not doing these things. You look at that SPLC poll that we showed up, well, we, we pulled up several, uh, se- uh, several, several times now. The older generation overwhelmingly does not favor political assassinations. Right. Young women, Republican and Democrat, young men, Republican and Democrat, over one third of all of these support political assassinations with, with Democratic men being the highest at 44% of them supporting assassinations. And this is where we are, which says to me, in the next 10 years, it's going to be if, if this sentiment is this prominent, I can only imagine the next 10, 15, and 20 years, it's going to become mainstream and normal to see this kind of violence. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, this it's is a, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday, this is the value of human life issue. It really is. I mean, the fact that these people showed back up to uh, Brett Kavanaugh's house, nobody even, I mean, were they not thinking, like, what about their kids? What about their wife? What, how are they feeling right now? They're, they believe that they're, that their husband and that their father was just, you know, the target of an assassination. Like, it's, it's, you don't have it's, any compassion? Well, no, they don't. They want power. 
Yeah. And this is the best opportunity for them in their minds. Why? Brett Kavanaugh is scared. Someone just tried to kidnap and murder him. Now the protest is a threat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to say the words because it's already been made. Yeah. Well, and I would argue the protest has been a threat the entire time. Mm-hmm. What Absolutely. is the purpose of protesting outside of the home of someone who never has to run for reelection, right. who's in a lifetime appointment? You're not telling them that they're going to lose at the ballot nope. box because public opinion is against them. No. So what are you trying to show them? Yeah. What are you trying to show them by saying we are a bunch of angry people outside of your house who don't want you to make a particular decision? Yeah, you're trying to intimidate them. I mean, exactly. imagine being a person like, oh, hey, someone just tried to assassinate that person and his family. Let's go outside of his home and call him a liar. Like, what is wrong with people? <laughs> yeah. to, to, to do, it makes absolutely no rational sense at all. And where's the humanity? You There's know, no where, humanity. where's the caring? Where's the consideration they're not of caring. like, hey, maybe this is not the best time to go scream at him and his family. They, they me, know they're allowed to do it. They have been encouraged yeah. to right. break There's the no law by the current administration. Yeah. There are zero consequences. And if the way to get their political agenda across and either establish the social order that they want to establish or protect what they already have in place means that you have to intimidate someone or they get killed they are clearly okay with that they are clearly completely comfortable with it and no one's talking about the fact this guy had zip ties who who even says he was just going after the justice himself you're right he was outside of his family's house he could have had a plot to kidnap them and they're out there the next day protesting it again no not the next day afterwards literally same day day. hours 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 afterwards yeah Every single Democratic political leader needs to be asked whether they disavow this. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Why, but they're why, not what's the well, point of asking? Say no. What's I think, the point of asking it? Right. Do you think there's going to be a Democrat voter somewhere who's going to be like, I'm so surprised they supported the thing I protested at? That is a true statement. You no, know what? That, that's, that, there's, there's no negotiating. There's, that, I, I, maybe there are some regular people who don't know. All right, we're, we're driving in the car with my buddy who doesn't pay attention that much. And I, and I pick up my phone. I'm scrolling through Twitter and I go... So there was a child drag show in Texas, right? And then he goes, what? Mm. And then I was right. like, what? I was like, well, that wasn't the point I was trying to make. I was going to say they were protesters. But yeah, you didn't know. He's like, yeah. what do you mean child drag shows? I'm like, these are happening all over That's the place. Thing. But they He's don't like, know. What? Yeah. I mean, but I mean, and, and so even, I mean, to go back to the, the yesterday, the, the, the lawsuit that we've, that we are uh, waging against the bo- these books that are in schools that are sexually explicit. A lot of parents who has, have kids in schools, they don't know that these books are in there. Mm-hmm. So, so here's well, the issue I'm getting to with this. Watching these hearings, mm-hmm. the people who are watching it, if someone asks them, do you disavow this? The people at home, the cognitive dissonance, the zombified Democrat people are going to be like, you, you, you're, you're in the other tribe. You want bad thing. Hmm. You want bad. I, I agree with a certain percentage, but part of the reason the left has been effective in their tactics is because whenever they believe they have found a reason to shame you, they hit you over the head with it over and over and over and over again. Right. And so I think it is an effective. It's not just an effective technique. I think it's the right thing to do to say, hey, do you do you support this? Do you disavow this? Do you have any kind of leg to stand on when you talk about insurrection or political violence or stability or anything along those lines? I think it's a reasonable question, and they do need to be asked. Yeah, I want to. Uh, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, if, 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 if the other side, the, if the Democrats aren't willing to speak against mm-hmm. this, then they shouldn't speak into January 6th. Mm-hmm. I want to pull up this tweet from, also, from Jack Posobiec. We, I, I, oh, I just want to make one more point. If they refuse to condemn something like this, it just totally undermines their credibility with the no, center. If there was any that they had left with the center, right. obviously not, their political base is insane. There's no center. The center is right wing. I think there are I'm, some I'm, number I'm, of people who would say like, oh, I bro. think January 6th was serious or an insurrection or they don't know any better, but they would not be on board with a commission led by people who are okay with assassination. I think Tim's right. 
there isn't a center anymore because they're calling you an extremist. Yeah. They're, they're calling me right the wing. The left is, yeah. Joe Rogan yeah. is right wing. Yeah. Yes. So, so not only is there no center, but even center leftists are right wing now. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 so let me, let me pull this tweet from Jack Posobiec. Yeah, it's important. He tweets, hi, Simon Gwynn. Why did you delete this? Huh. And this is a tweet from a, uh, let's see, Simon Gwynn. Let's get, let's, let's pull up his profile. What do we got here? He's, he's a, a Ukrainian flag, so he's trying Ukrainian to flag. <laughs> he supports current things. He tweeted, Interesting real-life trolley problem in America now. If you had the chance to kill Clarence Thomas or Samuel Alito, the two oldest right-wing Supreme Court judges, should you do it while Biden can get his nominees to replace them confirmed? It's an interesting as an abstract question, but becomes a real conundrum of, say, you are terminally ill and have little to lose yourself. He's basically trying to incite someone. These people are insane. They have celebrated this stuff. We need more than ever, you know, people to back off. Yeah. To stop. They're not. They're not being held accountable for it. There's no law enforcement going after them. You're literally advocating let me, hate let me, crime. Let me, let me yeah. tell you something. Uh, we had a, a tweet from Keemstar. Do you guys know Keemstar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keemstar is a drama alert on YouTube. Apparently, there was some dude who made a joke about doxing someone at YouTube. So they demonetized his channel. Took away all of his revenue. What had happened was, and this is just for me watching a Keemstar video. So I don't, you guys fact check it. But there's some relevance here. He says, this guy got doxxed. He reached out to YouTube and said, hey, look, someone published my private information. YouTube said, too bad. So then he made a joke saying, oh, okay, so I guess it's okay. I could dox you, right? And they went, boom, demonetized oh, his wow. channel. Wow. What, what Ethan, uh, uh, what, uh, uh, Keemstar then brings up is Ethan Klein saying that he knows for a fact that there were YouTube employees at the NRA convention that Ethan Klein called for, to bomb. So Ethan Klein, the host of the H3 podcast, comparable size to this show, called on people to commit an act of terror before very quickly walking it back saying, okay, I got a little passionate there. Got a little passionate. All that happened was a strike. Keemstar said, why would one guy get his entire channel purged of all monetization abilities? But Ethan Klein can call for a terror attack. Right. And all he gets is a strike. Well, that raises a question that I wanted to raise. Sorry, before we move on, we were talking about how this guy who came to the, to Kavanaugh's house, how did he know where to go? Oh, right, because they put directions to Kavanaugh's house on social media. Why is that still up? Why is Ethan Klein allowed to call for an actual terror attack? And they he, allow it. They they took the video down. They did suspend him. That's true. They gave well, him he was a passionate. He was passionate. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, he, that's true. but he, he also I probably had a Ukrainian flag. He wasn't yeah, just. It definitely. wasn't just that. He said, "I was just joking." He also told people to take guns, yep. go outside the home of a governor, wow. and fire them into the air. Which is just insane. Not a good he idea. Also, For lots of reasons. He also is, uh, uh, seemed to believe that an AR-15 is fully auto because when he said to get your AR-15s and fire them, he went. What like, is he talking about? Like he thought it was full auto. And then when I guess his producer said, "No, no, that's dangerous. You can't do that. Bolt comes, bolts come down." He goes, "Well, blanks then. Blanks are fine, right?" And it's like either way, the dude actively called for his audience to commit acts of uh, um, uh, assault with deadly weapons. Wow. And what happened? A single strike. A single strike. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. 
Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Alex Jones got banned from YouTube for making a metaphor about battle rifles. Well, would I be safe in assuming that the address for Kavanaugh's house is still up on the protesters, like on the... Uh, I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Yeah, it's still up on the organizer's page. I mean, how is that legal? How is that legal? I have no idea. Yeah, I got fully demonetized for years for, I don't know what, <laughs> just doing what I'm doing here on this <laughs> show, talking about current, current event issues. <laughs> you did confront the CEO of Google. Yes, How I did. You? I did. That didn't, <laughs> That'll at, do at, it. At like Bilderberg, that. and yeah. he wasn't really happy, but that's another thing. Luke's, uh, I was you know, asking Did you know Luke's it. been to Epstein Island? No, how was that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm back framing. in this conundrum here. Yeah, good work, like, Luke. How do I explain this one So So the first time I brought it up, Luke didn't catch... What it sounds like, it sounds like he was invited there. Yeah, yeah like I was one of the, you know, pervy uh, presidents or, you know, tech, tech guys that, you know, CEOs that was heading there. And no, 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 no I, I, I crashed it afterwards and just he did some investigation. To, yeah. yeah. Tried, tried so to. after it was already cleared out, he got in a boat and did some investigation there. But likely story. Luke just happened to have old footage. He was like, how do I convince people? I wasn't really. <laughs> yeah. I, I take it back. You can't be president. Yeah. Take yeah it back. No. Sorry. No, that means no, I can be president. No, it's a requirement. It's a necessity. But okay. So, but seriously, in, in all reality, why? Why are we at a spot as a nation that even that joke has some some truth to it? Like, come on, man! Like, we're, because we're Maxwell was convicted. On, no, no, it's just it's so sad that that's where we're at. It really is. I think it's funny yeah. that there was a poll, and it was like fifty seven percent of Republicans believe that the the country is being run by a cabal of pedos or whatever. And I'm just like, I mean, the Epstein thing is proven uh, to be real, right? Like, I'm not surprised people are like Bill Clinton flew on that plane, and then they believe that. It's it's it. What are they trying to claim with these with you know with these news stories? It's kind of hard to deny it, honestly. Uh, you uh, and there's listening. no transparency. And there's, there's, and no, and there's and nothing about that trial that's yeah, out. And it's only scratching the surface. Like this is right. what we know publicly. Still, majority of that is still behind the scenes. It's still held in secret. It's still classified. Um, the documents have been sealed in that case. Right. So there is still it's sealed because the judge said some of the details here are, are so shocking and salacious the general public can't see this. This is this is what the judge ruled in that specific case. So you can only imagine this is what we're we're getting from the outside point of view. Only one percent of of what is really happening. But nobody uh, standing outside of that judge's house mm. and protesting. That's, true. That's very true. Or or demanding for those documents to be unsealed, right. or for the information to make public light, or for those victims to truly get justice for all of the horrible things that they had to go through. While of course police officers, judges, prosecutors, F- the, the FBI, intelligence agencies were all looking the other way. That's another aspect of this that really should make you wonder. And and it's you know what's happening right now is is just the epitome of not holding power to account and this is oh, what 100%. happens this is routinely what happens when you allow people to get away with these things they're going to try to get away with bigger and bigger things uh as time goes on and i think this is the phase that we're in right now an extremely dangerous phase for everyone and how when, is it a political issue i re- that's the thing i don't understand when, when people are hurting little kids and you're mm-hmm. sexually exploiting little kids how is this a partisan issue because this should be a human issue the left look i see these memes all day on facebook they're saying things like Republicans don't want anyone to know that some people have two dads. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure Republicans are mad that the book they're getting challenged has a picture of adult 
you know, activities with one person, you know, going down. And they're like, what? And I'm like, okay, dude, if you get your news from memes on, on Facebook, you're probably going to be misinformed. A hundred percent. They, they, they genuinely believe that Republicans are complaining because a book showed a kid with two dads. Nope. And I'm like, well, look, some, sure. Sure. Yeah. But are you going to single out that or are you going to focus on what the news story is actually about? The yep. book Gender Queer. Yep. I was like, if you look at Loudoun County, they're talking about a book that shows a white hand from a white person with a devil tail coming out, mm-hmm. demonizing white people outright. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that people are upset about racism. But you didn't actually read anything. You just believe whatever Rachel Maddow says. Right. So you have no idea what's going on. And the, their issue – so for, for us, those two books that we've put forth in this lawsuit, only thing we're asking for is parental consent. Parental consent for parents uh, – for, for uh, minors to view sexually explicit material. Very simple. Restoring parental rights, that's all. The problem is is that these two books are really PG compared to some of the other books that are in, in circulation in the public schools. I mean there are books in schools that – have a six-year-old girl bound and gagged and gang raped. Hmm. Like what? this, this is in the public school system, but people are acting like it's not a big deal. I mean, have you ever read Stephen deals. King? Uh, well, I mean, Stephen should, King. Should we give that to sixth graders though? Probably not. Well, I, I honestly, I don't know. Do schools have Stephen King novels in their libraries? Maybe not. I mean, because they're they adult do. and they're probably yeah. graphic. But I, I don't, I don't. You know, what's funny is most people have seen his movies. They've not read his books. Right. Yo. If you read those stories, you're going to be like, uh, hold on there a minute. I can't get into them. They're way too dark for me. Yeah. It's not about the dark. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like um, most people don't realize that there's a lot of graphic uh, adult scenes among children in those books. Another reason not to like it. Yeah, yeah I, remember, I, I remember people. I, I remember, you're not selling it for me. That, yeah, that's no. disgusting. I remember people mentioning that after it came out. Is yeah. that the case with – is that like a – I mean – Regardless, disgusting. I didn't know that that was uh, a theme with the rest of his. Oh yeah, that's a his theme. Books that is so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't understand how that. Well, I got actually given the behavior of the FBI. I do understand how that flies. That's a theme, and you watch Stephen King on Twitter, and you're like, oh yeah, this all makes sense. Here's the so issue, strong. though. If you look at throughout throughout human history, societies fall, civilizations fall mm-hmm. when when they're paying their military the least, entertainment the most, and they're focused on sexuality. You look at it over and over again. These are some of the key issues that have revolved around some civilizations falling. Yeah. And look at where we're at as a nation. We really have the to The degradation and destruction yes. of civilization usually has these final steps. I, 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 yeah. I, I saw a meme out there with uh, a child talking to the the dog people who are dressed in their full fetish behaviors. And, uh, you know, the meme read, this is this is how civilizations collapse. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's and, disgusting. Well, think – I mean, think about it, right? You look at – the the left's entire mission, and it has been for decades, um, if not centuries, is to just break down all sexual morality and what yeah. taboos are left there. Right. What taboos have yet to be broken down? I kind of Those feel— Those are the ones that they're going to try to do away with. I'm sorry. It's yeah. been their it's, mission. It's, it's, Look at Alfred Kinsey. The one thing the one thing that all of these, these cultural shifts they're trying to push have in common is less children. Every yep. single mm-hmm. one. Yep. For one, they're outright saying, don't have kids, the environment. Right. Then they're saying, they're, they're encouraging activities that don't result in having kids. They're right. encouraging abortion. They encourage meaningful Careers? sex. It's not, it's not all bad. They birth tell, control. Tell kids to, you know, birth control and, and condoms and prophylactics and all this stuff. I, those are fine. But all of it, it's like, hey, all of these things result in less kids. The child transitioning. Less kids. So sterilization weird. of young Literally people. Literally the sterilization of an entire generation. Yeah. What a coincidence. That's potentially. Yeah. The birth control thing should also be talked about uh, skeptically because there is some data and science right. coming out that is very troubling surrounding that specifically. 
Yeah, we uh, we mass medicate young girls. Yeah, on uh, mess with their ho- mess with their hormones from their teens know, that yeah. they can't go back from. Yeah. create damages that are that are with them for the rest of their lives. Well, yeah, it, putting it, hormone block, putting people on hormone blockers, and they act like it's reversible. It's not. It's not. No. Well, yep. and then you know you look at contraceptives in general, and the idea that you would take this profound and beautiful human interaction, which creates new life, and totally shift the cultural understanding of it as this is just something that's for fun. Right. And it's, I mean, no wonder well, we the, have the, a, a the goal. Full societal breakdown. And it's also interesting because our society is totally two faced with it, right? It's like have sex, have sex, have sex, have sex. Never have children. Never have children. Never have children. Well, right. I'm sorry, one leads to the other. It's mm-hmm. very. It's like do not the way they're telling you to do it. Yeah. That's right. No, I, I understand that. Every push results in less kids. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And and it's no surprise. I mean, people like Bill Gates, he did a TED talk on this. He said, we need to reduce population growth. Well, it's no surprise then that he and many others support programs that re- result yeah. either. It, it reminds me of that Simpsons episode where they, the, you remember the join the Navy thing? Yeah, when they, they play were, the boy band song. Yeah, backwards. they're in the boy band. It's Ivan yeah. Nioj. And then the recruiter is explaining to Lisa how he does it. He's like, we do, he's like, subliminal, liminal, and superliminal. And she's like, superliminal? And he goes, yeah. And he opens the window. Hey, you, join the Navy. And then Lenny and Carl are like, all right. Okay. And then later you see him getting on the bus. Like, that's all it took. That's what I feel like. You've got the, the subliminal, which is the, you should be on birth control. You know, having kids is a nightmare. Don't have kids where the outright are just saying like, oh, it's bad. It's worse. Just have fun and, and engage in these lifestyles. Then you have the super liminal, which is just outright being like the environment is hurting and it's your fault for having kids. So don't have kids. And then you have right. the kind of un- unconscious uh, chemical castration of individuals as even some fish off the coast of Florida were found to have antidepressants uh, within their system mm-hmm. because the, the pills, the big pharma are never truly dealt with. They're just kind of uh, pushed on into a different kind of um, in different kind of environment where, uh, you know, fish take them. We eat the fish. We get affected by these specific mm-hmm. big pharma pills that there's no getting rid of. Mm-hmm. That's another aspect of it well you know historically obviously you had you know classes of people who didn't have children but generally at least in the west and in christendom those people were celibate and they were focused on other things they were contributing in really serious and significant ways now what we're doing is is we're ensuring that virtually all of the population either doesn't have children or they don't have children at replacement rate and we just keep them distracted with um non-procreative sex and whatever new gadget comes out that they want to buy. And so it's not as if the energy that would be expended towards having children and raising a family is placed into some other arena, which is productive for the culture, society as a whole. It's all just thrown in to seeking base pleasure. Right. Which is why, I mean, so for me moving forward, one of the things that I'm, I'm passionate about focusing on is protecting the family unit. Mm-hmm. I think the family units, I mean, it is the basic building block of society and we have to protect the family unit. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned this, right? One of the signs of a declining society is this obsession with sex. And part of the reason that there has to be this obsession is so you can break down the barriers because the sex is the building block of the family, which is right. the building block of the society. And if you can corrupt the understanding of that, you can tear everything else down. I want to jump to this, uh, this tweet here and talk about the next, uh, story and the crumbling of society. James Woods, real James Woods on Twitter says to the whiners who criticized the defender ending the deadly threat in a previous video, Here's an example of the consequences of being defenseless to today's predators you choose. This is a viral video. It's a story from uh, just, uh, I think, a few weeks ago. A woman worked at a cell phone store, and a man walked in. And she said, how can I help you? And he said, do you have... And then just started brutally beating her and, I believe, trying to kill her. Yeah. He was stomping as hard as he could on her head. She escaped. She was seriously hurt. We have this story from the Daily Mail. 
Shocking moment thugs exchange gunfire on busy New York City street in the middle of the day. Reputed gang member shot in the shoulder as an unidentified gunman remains on the loose. Then we have this one. NYPD hunt for two thugs after 61-year-old man is sucker punched and killed while walking down a Brooklyn street near his home. Police investigating possible drug robbery. Punched him in the face one time and he was dead. That's all it takes. That's why that woman in the first video is is absolutely lucky to still be alive. The damages that she sustained will probably be with her for a very long time. Might be with her for the rest of her life. When you stomp someone on the ground on their head, so many people die from that, from physical altercations. And 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 the one thing, but the issue here is the crime itself. Not the 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 attack is one attack. What I'm trying to bring up is, in all of these major cities, in New York especially, crime has been insane. We had that young woman. On the Upper West Side, walking home when a bunch of young boys just stabbed her to death. Right. Yep. She tried running. She escaped. They grabbed her again and just started stabbing her again. Homicides it, in San Francisco went up 11%. It's almost like if you uh, advocate for defunding the police, that crime will go up. I think what we're seeing is a demoralization. The good cops were quitting. Yeah. But also, the cities themselves are just breaking down for a variety of reasons. The increases in crime is due to a lot of things. Yeah. It's, it's, it's due to... These DAs that won't prosecute. Yep. That's why Chesa Boudin or however pronounce his name is get, it got recalled yeah. because people were like, well, they won't do anything about it. And then they release them back to the streets. Right. Mm-hmm. It's all in the name of this woke equity, being fair and just. I mean, like this, you have some of these people who have been caught committing the crime and they're letting them go. And, yeah. and a lot of these criminals know that they could beat someone up. They could hurt. They could do whatever they want to the population there because they can't defend themselves. In New York City, almost every common sense form of self-defense is, is not allowed. Whatever tools you could have to, to protect yourself, you can't have in New York City. So a lot of people are talking about poverty. A lot of people are talking about single parent homes here. I, I, I think the, the, the true problem is, I mean, how do you quantify this? How, what, how can you blame it on one particular thing when it's so many other issues coming together for this kind of larger eruption of violence that there's no going back from? No, you're absolutely right. But I also think that it's it comes back down to the base thing. We no longer value human life. Mm-hmm. You don't look at somebody and they have value. So, I mean, as, as a as a as a Christian, certain as an ordained minister, I look at somebody they have value because they created the image of God. So you have value just because you're a human being. We don't have that anymore. That we're moving so far away from that as a society that we no longer value somebody. Exactly. Well, absolutely. And we're not taught to value other people in a very bizarre narcissistic way. We're sort of taught to value ourselves. Everything is yes. me, 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 and yeah. do whatever you want or need to do to get what is going to be pleasurable for you. Right. But there's never any emphasis put on caring for other people, ever. And no. so when somebody does end up, you know, you mentioned poverty and how people will bring that up. And poverty is not really the best explanation because there are people and well, there are even entire the No, no, no. I, I, no, no, no. I'm yeah. not saying that that's an explanation you would yeah. argue is, is the case or tells the full story. But there are many cultures and even entire civilizations which are radically impoverished compared to our extremely wealthy and abundant society. And they are not acting like barbarians and stabbing, you know, children are, are not running around stabbing women and men are not beating up old men on the street or, or you know, going into places of business and just savagely beating innocent women. Right. I like, love, I love how uh, AOC, we have this story from uh, July of 2020 when she defends the rise in crime saying people are stealing bread to feed their what? children during record yeah. unemployment. The AOC argument. It's like, 
people were getting shot in the streets and she was like they're trying to steal bread and it's like they just shot a guy in front of his daughter they didn't take anything from him. Like, there's no bread so there it's not, we're not yeah. complaining about the bread theft no and, and though and the, here's the thing too man that the media allows the, these radical left people and and really all politicians but we see the radical lying to the american people over and over and over again and there's no accountability none so we're not holding people accountable. You're not holding politicians accountable. You're not holding the people accountable. Law and order is just out the window. This is society falls like this. This is exactly how society falls. I think it's a uh, weak men make hard times. Yep. What we're seeing is, you know, you guys are basically saying it. No it's one cares for times. each other. There's no sense of community. No. Because everyone feels like everyone else is just out to get them or for them or, or get for themselves. So they're just like, you know, you see these cops in Uvalde and I, these cops refuse to go in. And I'm just like, because they're think, they're not thinking about their community or the betterment of civilization. They're thinking me. Well, that, and or, or it's a, it's a breakdown of leadership too. Um, so, I mean, I, I know law enforcement's in my community. And one of the things that they said was, uh, the people inside, uh, standing in the stack were actually listening to their commanding officer who said, don't go in, that it, it shifted but from they were an active in. shooter. It shifted from an active shooter to a hostage situation. So they're, the protocol was very different for but, them. But that information is not true. With the over, o- overwhelming amount of evidence coming forward right now, they knew it was, it was an active shooter. They had all the evidence it was an active shooter. And they were already inside of that school, and then they just left and abandoned those children there. So that's another aspect they, of it that I think it was, is It was reported they here. could hear the children getting shot. Yeah. Oh. It was reported that— I'm not giving an excuse for it. I'm just saying that's that's what I, I do that's believe— That's the public explanation that they've, the public been lying explanation through, for. that they've been lying through their teeth, though, from the beginning of this. It's crazy. I mean, all in— the interesting story in that, to me, and all of that is, is your like one mom was arrested, yep. put in handcuffs. She got out of released from the handcuffs, they jumped the guy, fence, right? jumped the fence, rescued their her two kids, and came back. I mean, and, yeah, and is, she reported how there was active gunshots when the right. police were telling everyone that it was there was no active. Then a father went in with a shotgun. You could hear and, you could hear the guns. Yeah, well, it was a father and 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 a team that went down went went in with the shield right. and then went and took out the threat after disobeying orders and finally uh, doing you know the thing that they should have been doing from the very beginning. But that man also waited over thirty plus minutes sure. on the scene. So. It's, it's crazy. a long time. It's crazy. When you're well, hearing shooting and you're, 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 and, you're, you're and you're seeing that situation and people are just waiting. But calling for a, a change in legislation and calling for more legislation as a result, it just isn't the right answer. Because if if right. legislation it's was actually problem. what fixed it, it, it wouldn't have happened to start with. There's multiple laws broken. You can't yeah. fix cultural problems with policy. Nope. Never. And I don't see us finding. I, I don't see there being a way to fix our cultural problems. The, well, I mean, and you also got to realize too. I think, and I think I said it yesterday. We can never allow times of tragedy to dictate policy, because every time you do that, you're just opening up the future op- opportunity for people to actually create the tragedy to strip you of whatever rights or freedoms you want next. I think. Um, well, that's, that's, this is what's happening with the gun control debate. Yeah, totally. It's like we're all shocked, so we're saying, do something. Do what? Do something. If you don't have a plan. <laughs> the, the, the meme is keep calm and carry on, not freak out and just do something. Right. Yeah. No, do don't. something is not always the answer. Thomas Macy had some very good tweets about the legislation that they're proposing and the counter evidence to it on his public Twitter account that I think is uh, worth considering and looking at, especially when it comes to the latest political debates surrounding this uh, very hot button issue. Um, and, and he made a lot of very good points. So um, yeah. well, if you, you look at – so historically – so while you're looking at it. so historically, look at prior to 1970, there wasn't a decade. If, I'm, if my numbers are right, there's not a decade there was more than 10 mass shootings. 
Okay, so uh, I think in 1950 there was one, 1960 there was six, 1970 there was 13, I think it was 32 and 42. So to me, I always want to look at what's the root cause. The root cause around all of that was a absolutely a cultural shift. Yep. So like in 62, 63, they took prayer and Bible out of schools. Mm-hmm. In 70s, that was when Roe v. Wade happened. And so you're having all this stuff going on with abortions. So as a society, our values shifted drastically it's, during that time. It's, it's not actually the late 60s and 70s. It's the generation before because – the boomers were raised by a generation. Right. They they had those values. Once they grew up, they enacted those values. What we're seeing now with millennials and wokeness were values instilled in them when they were like 10. Right. I remember being young, having all of the teachers talk about you know racism being bad and yeah. civil rights, and we have to learn the, the true history of civil rights and everything. Well, for them, the older generation that, that raises us, they live through it. They experience it. Oh, I get it. You then raise a younger generation on, on telling them you must fight racism. What happens when they grow up and most of these policies have already been made illegal? They're looking for it as hard as they can because right. they were raised in this world. One of the things that really uh, impacted everybody was uh, imagine you're 10 years old in 2008 and uh, you're on Facebook. Well, let's say 2012. Let's say 10 years ago. You're 10 years old. Let's say you're eight years old. And on Facebook, all you're seeing are videos of police brutality. Yeah. Because that was making people money, and the algorithm kept promoting it. Yep. If that's the only thing you see, your whole world growing up from 8 to 18 was watching videos of police brutality. You turn 18, and you're freaking out. You're like, I have to vote to stop this. Their whole world is based on an algorithm. Right. I mean, they're they're the enemy. The police are hunting black people. Right. It's like, yo, calm down, dude. When the reality is the vast majority of all law enforcement are great people. They're willing to put themselves between you and anybody that wants you harm, wants to wish you harm. And that's that's a huge thing. We have to advocate for our police. Gen Z is going to be the algorithm generation. Millennials grew up half and half. Mm. When we were young, we didn't we had the internet, but we didn't have these algorithms. We get into our, you know, early twenties or whatever, late twenties, and now we have these we these algorithms manipulating our views, but half of our lives are still built upon the previous non social media infrastructure. Gen Z is basically growing up in algorithmic an algorithmic world their adult lives are all algorithmic oh, gen yeah. alpha 100% of it is right so their worlds are all going to be completely controlled by the whims of mark zuckerberg and jack dorsey and and youtube yep when the boomers and the gen xers age out this country is going to go into full on conflict or chaos violence just you name it it'll be interesting to see the shift there'll definitely be a shift um, but I actually it, it, think it, it, that I actually think the way, especially right now, as radical as because the left isn't no longer they're not liberals. I know liberals. They're now radicals are running the Democrat Party. Right. So I actually think that they're going to create a generation of truly conservative people. Well, that's that's what I believe. So maybe happen. I think the bigger issue is that conservatives have kids and the left doesn't. And if the left doesn't <laughs> win the fight, but it's true. Yes, I mean, it's true. scientifically that's true. Very true. If the left doesn't win the fight in schools. Then they are gone, right? Like literally within a couple of generations. And people so, are pulling their kids out of school, right? They're and putting them in private school. They're going homeschooling, which this I would I would advocate for. This I is mean. it right here. If if you homeschool your kids, that's it. If every single post liberal, moderate, centrist, libertarian, conservative said, "I'm going to homeschool my kids." Within three generations, all the left is gone. Oh yeah, completely. So what people don't understand these big shifts you mentioned, like in the '70s with Roe v. Wade. What's really happening is that power is held by people in society, that power is used to control and, and spread messages or enact policy. 
Typically, the older generation controls a disproportionate amount of wealth. Right now, boomers control more wealth than uh, the previous generation did when they were the same age as millennials. Basically, millennials should be holding, I think, like 20 or 30 percent of wealth. They hold like three. Mm. Boomers hold like 25 or something. I was reading some report on this. What's going to happen is boomers are going to slowly start dying. They're getting old. When they do, that wealth and power will transfer to a millennial or to a Gen Xer. Probably from a boomer to a, to a millennial, maybe some younger zennial types, people who are in their early 40s. When that starts happening, that power will be wielded as per the ideology of sure. the younger people. Yeah. And these younger people, according to the SPLC, favor political assassinations more so. So if a billion dollars is held by someone who's 80 years old, they're not going to be spending it towards extremism. Right. If they die and that wealth transfers to their five young heirs who are more likely to believe in violence, that wealth will now be utilized in, a, in that direction. It's not that a society over time decides, like, a lot of people think that there's a guy named Bob, and Bob one day turns on the YouTube and goes, wow, I have been radicalized, and then grabs a tiki torch and goes outside. What really happens is that Bob sees the YouTube videos and goes, wow, that's crazy. And then Bob tells his kid, and he says, you see this stuff, man, life shouldn't be this way. Then that kid grows up, grabs a tiki torch and goes outside. Right. It's when the older generation dies off. That that shift we see isn't that society has decided something like a person's mind changed. It's that the people of certain values no longer live and the power transfers to those of different ideas. Yep. That's why I advocate for values. Values. Exactly. Faith, faith, family, freedom. These are the three things that I think that are that are building blocks for our society. Historically, it's what made us a great nation. If we come back to those things, I really do believe that's the hope for our future. Is there any way to politically achieve those? How would What kind of things would you propose, legislation or action plans, that would help uh, bring that forward? Well, first, I mean, I do. I would absolutely put forth legislation codifying parental rights, saying that parents have rights over their children's medical and education decisions. And in that, in that, I think that the money for education should follow the student. So whether a, a parent decides they're going to go to public school, they're going to go to private school, or they're going to homeschool, whatever that money is that goes to those students, that credit goes to that student. Yeah, no New Hampshire already does this. It should. I, I mean, that, not, and not it should be program? federally. Yeah, I mean, federally, that should happen. If we're going to put money in to the government because we want to take care of the education of our children, they should follow our kids wherever they go. Of course. That makes sense to me. Well, Donald Trump proposed the voucher system. (laughs) Right. Yeah, the voucher's great. I absolutely agree with. Yeah, 100%. I don't know if it's the... You know the the true uh, like the the one solution to helping kids with schools and fixing the school problems, but I mean, dissolving the Department of Education and pushing that down to the state levels is a huge start. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, look, it's not just the fact that children would no longer be indoctrinated in the same way if parents had any choice about where they could send their children to school, children to school, but also we would probably end up achieving at a higher level with respect to education, generally speaking, if schools had to compete for students. Absolutely. And so, what the left will say when they argue against uh, school choice. And this is such an unbelievable self-own, but they'll say, you only advocate for school choice because you want to bankrupt public schools. All right, well, you're admitting parents yeah. would send their kid anywhere else if they had a choice. Yeah, the public schools are yeah. that bad. Make them better. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, school choice wouldn't be a threat right. if we had public schools which were decently run and you school, wanted right. to put the effort into making them function decently. Parents should have a choice where their kids public, are ultimately. Public schools are a net negative on your children. Yeah. 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 100%. 100%. Parents don't want their children indoctrinated. They, they want your child, they, we want our children to be educated. Mm-hmm. The basics. You know what? Reading, writing, arithmetic. I mean, STEM studies. These are the basic things that we want for our kids. We don't want them indoctrinated. Growing up, honestly, I mean, I did not know where most of my teachers landed politically. And that's how it should be. You're there to teach me a subject and that's it. Help me learn. Let me learn how to learn. 
rather than just shoving something down my throat. That's what we want for our kids. We don't want them indoctrinated. But that's what's happening. It is 100% what's happening. And for a lot of people, it's not as easy to just get your kids out of school because – No, it's expensive. Well, it's basically daycare. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there is that, but it's also expensive. All of these things are are, connected to each other. When women enter the workforce, at first it was you can work if you want to, Mm -hmm. which is true and correct, equal opportunity. But then all of a sudden the workforce doubles. And now some guy goes to apply for a job and the boss says – Look, this guy over here, he's got a wife who's working. He doesn't need as much money. Right. I'm not going to pay you what you're asking for. And the guy says, okay, I'll go down. Now, all of a sudden, the guy comes home and says, honey, I got the job. Bad news. You need to start working because we're not going to have enough money. Right. Now she's working. Who's raising the kids? They got to go to daycare. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, public schools, they can drop their kids off and say someone else will take care of it. The more workers, the more you're able to pay them less because there's more competition for that market. And this is why, uh, you know, there's individuals like David Rockefeller that were huge proponents of, of this larger movement when it came to allowing women to, to, to work because he knew that it would allow him and his factories and his businesses to earn a lot more money. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another aspect to really understand here, especially with his kind of formation of the education system that we're under right now. What we, what we need is pod schooling. Yes. You know, I hear it's, we were talking with, with one of our guests that it was not that easy, but, uh, Women can and should be at work if they want to be. I think equal opportunity is fantastic. And then your kids, if you need someone to watch them, you shouldn't put them in an institutionalized learning facility where you don't know the teachers. You should get someone you know and trust, have them come together for your community and teach this, you know, this one person can do it all. I want to, I just want to make this point. There's a great quote from Chesterton. He said that feminism is the muddled idea that women are free when they serve their employers and slaves mm. when they serve yeah. their husbands. Yeah. 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 And I wanted to say it is correct that women should be allowed to do whatever they want but i think that the cultural imperative right now is that women should want to be cogs in the machine like chesterton talks about they're told that they should want to serve an employer not be a slave to their children and you can listen to the narrative that moms nowadays have about their kids they're like i can't stand being around my kids i can't imagine how you homeschool i'm so glad when they leave for the day and it's like why did you have children what was your thinking you obviously aren't in the right mindset to be like okay i want to raise kids Here's what I'm going to do. It's really important to bring them up correctly. They just hand them off to the nearest person, which tends to be the state. It's a huge problem. I hate the mindset, and I hate that the culture has made it so that women are incentivized to leave their families and go back to work. Well, we don't see children as a gift anymore either. Right. You know, I mean, my, one of my honestly, one of my favorite things is being a father. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really see once well, a great responsibility to raise up a human being to take over into society. Yes. Um, but uh, to me. I think that we have to see children as a gift. That's what they are. That is the next generation. That's who's going to take over the country. It's going to take over the world. It's a, it's such a huge responsibility, but a huge privilege to get to raise somebody and teach them and guide them in I got, life. I got an idea for a form of government where the law is applied to you as you wish it to be applied to others. That's it. Simple. There you go. Yeah. So if you're someone who's like, I, I think violence is wrong, then if someone commits violence against you, then you, uh, that person will be criminally charged. If you commit violence against someone else, you will be criminally charged. If someone else, say like an Antifa person, says, well, I believe it's justified, then someone comes and fights you. We, we, there's no law to be applied because you don't find a problem with it. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm, I'm half kidding, but you get the idea. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just wanted to piggyback on something you said because, you, yeah. you know, you're a father, you have children, I don't. But one thing that I have always found very sad about this culture is just the way having children is viewed. It's strange because people will point out that having kids is hard work, and then they'll say, therefore, it's not worth it. But we don't really do that with anything else. I mean, we're starting to in some areas, but imagine going like – 
well, I don't want to become rich because being rich is hard work. Only suckers do hard work. But that's basically the attitude that our society has cultivated when it comes to children. It's like, right. well, it's it's hard work, so screw that. Why do it? But it's, that is actually – that does carry over into everything. I think uh, it I mean, started to. So yeah. I, I've seen it. So as a small business owner, I've had so many people go, well, man, you're really lucky. What do you mean really lucky? Yeah. Sacrificed years of my life. Do you know how many, do you know how many, t- how much times I miss with my parents, uh, with my kids or even with my parents? How, how much time I've missed with my family in order to be able to, and luckily we do a lot of it together as a family, you know, as far as building out our studio and everything else. But there are some things you're just going to spend time away from your family in order to do it. So it's not just this, oh, you just get it. So, but people aren't willing to do the hard work. Mm-hmm. Same thing with kids though. It's, they're seen as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, oh, I want to give up. What are you talking about? This is a, such a gift that you get to have influence in somebody else's life and you get to guide them in life it's such a good and, and think about once they're you know like nine years old and they can start washing the dishes that's <laughs> great that's right i remember the first time that my oldest son cut the grass i took a, I took a yes. picture i sent it to my dad i was like oh this is what it was all about <laughs> he's yes. like you made it son yeah i just whenever i see someone work really hard at something i admire it and so like as someone without kids, when I see someone with kids who's working hard to raise them, what it says to me is if they're willing to put that kind of effort in, it must really be worth it. It is. But for whatever reason, we don't look at things that way anymore. We see someone putting hard work in and we go, oh, they're a sucker. They're putting hard work in instead of saying, well, maybe they're putting hard work in because there's a significant reward here. There's something bigger than that. This is, they're, they're missing out. Another huge problem with uh, the millennial generation and younger is the entitlement. Sure. No, no, no hard work. I hear it all the time. If only I had X, then I could do it. If only I had money and I'm just like, wow. As an employer, I can tell you that that's true. Yeah. You know I mean? And, and I value somebody that's willing to do the hard work. I tell my boys all the time. I said, listen, in the future, when you're in the working class, if you will show up on time, just simply do your job and have a good attitude, you'll be a superstar. Yep. That's it. You don't, don't ask for anything extra. Don't do it. If you just simply do those things, you'll be a superstar. Because well, right, right now, people don't want to work. Mm-hmm. And they're being incentivized by the government, whether it's state or federal, to stay at home. It's a well, huge problem. That's a decline in society. They're, they're being told that they're entitled to things. Right. The, the, the fascinating thing to me is Bernie Sanders' health care is a human right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like no, you know, health care is labor from another person. Right. Mm-hmm. You have no human right to someone else's labor. That's called slavery. Right. And, yeah, no, and I, I hate hearing this idea of socialized health care. So look, at, being a disabled veteran, I have socialized health care. It's called the VA. It sucks. Most of us actually opt out and yeah. pay for private health care because it's so bad. So this idea that socialized healthcare, it sounds great. Socialism sounds great on, well, in theory, but in practice, it's horrible. But here, it doesn't talk about the laziness of human beings. This is, this is the issue of Bernie Sanders. What he has called for has not been done anywhere as far, as far as I understand, abolishing private insurance and only allowing government medic, medic, uh, medical care, which is nuts. In most other countries, they have government basic health care, and then you can buy private as well on top, which is you get your private if you want it, right. or you can have the public if you're, if you can't afford it. What for right, some reason in the U.S. they're like ban private healthcare, and so th- they will do this sleight of hand where when they refer to universal healthcare, they'll usually use that phrase interchangeably with single payer, and then they'll say, "Oh, all over Europe they have universal healthcare," but they don't have a, a single payer system all throughout Europe. Like a true single payer systems are actually relatively rare. Most of the countries that we really look up to or the left looks up to and wants to emulate have a sort of a public-private hybrid system or a system where it's private insurance, but it's mandated. Sanders' proposal for universal health care is like by the lowest possible estimates, and these are almost, according to people who came up with these numbers, too low to be realistic. They're being generous. Right. But it would cost 
32 trillion over 10 years, which is about like 75% of our current level of federal spending. It's just, it's not economically feasible. Well, and I, I say this because hey, when I've pointed hey. this out, people, when I've pointed this out, people have said, well, if that's true, how do they have single payer in all these other countries? They don't. They do not have single payer all three years. I'm sorry. Well, it's but, just not true. But AOC, AOC said just print the money. Mm, yeah. that's, well, that, oh, I forgot. That doesn't that's make a problem. So, so, okay, so this is what's so funny is now Bernie Sanders is not the radical in his party. Yeah. yeah. That's where they're at now. That's what's crazy. But let's go back to uh, the family unit. You know, we don't talk – we don't advocate for the family unit anymore. No. We don't hear politicians advocate for the family unit anymore. We've got to get back to that. I really believe that as a, as a, as a legislator, there's three things I have to protect. You have to fight to protect the family unit, personal property, and the religious institutions. Those things are pillars in our society. It makes a well-functioning society. And I know that not everybody is religious, but the reality is that our founding fathers – while all of them were not Christians, they believed applying biblical principles to a society made a more well-functioning society. Well, this is this is an interesting interesting thing that we talk about uh, every so often. That uh, Bill Maher is my favorite example. He, his his moral foundations are all Christian, yep. but mm. he is one of these staunchest atheists you'll ever meet. Sure, he ta- he he made the religious religious documentary. Mm. He says he doesn't believe in all the fairy tales, but the things that he espouses free speech. You know, uh, uh, innocent until proven guilty are are based in the in, in the Christian moral framework. Absolutely, you have people in this country who grew up raised by Christians, but they say, "I don't believe these things." You know, you know. What? Let, me, let me give a shout out to one of my favorite songs of all time, and it's "Judith" by A Perfect Circle. And I just recently, I, I haven't heard it in like a decade. You know the song. Mm-mm. So, uh, A Perfect Circle is absolutely fantastic. I'm a big fan. And this song is just one of the most well-written songs. And you read the lyrics, and they're incredible. The story is about the lead singer, his mother had a stroke. But she never stopped uh, uh, praising you know, the Lord and being mm-hmm. religious. And it's him saying, like, I never want to be like you. You've never stopped to question why he did this to you, and you have faith in him. And it sounds like, with all due respect, he genuinely doesn't understand faith or religion. Right. And it's, it's a fascinating story because either you have this man – who a lot of atheists would probably look at and be like, he's so right, his mom's so ignorant. Or you have a story about a woman who, after all the hardships, still has faith in her religion. And my view of it is, it's such a weird thing to be like, he did this to you, instead of thinking it was a circumstance of the existence that was created, and you are praying for some kind of you know salvation or whatever. It's just, my, my point here is, I think what ends up happening you have people who have these moral values rooted in Christianity. Mm-hmm. They have kids who don't fully grasp or understand it, which in my opinion is the fault of the previous generation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But they retain some of the basic values they learned from their family, like supporting free speech and innocent until proven guilty. Right. Now, again, I want to stress, I am not religious. Mm-hmm. But if you look up the history of the Fifth Amendment, this is literally rooted in the Bible, and you can trace it all the way back. I was fascinated by learning this history. It was... uh it, it was it was it was codified because of this idea. Benjamin Franklin said, "It is better that 100 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer." Right, and that was his take on Blackstone's formulation. It is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. There was a very basic logic behind it. If an individual does not believe that they will be treated fairly within a system, then their only incentive is to work against the system. That if you are wrongly accused, the state will seek to punish you and never seek to protect your innocence, why should you bother playing fairly with that system? Blackstone was quite brilliant, but that idea was rooted in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. If there is but one righteous person, I will not destroy this town. That came from the Bible, whether you like the Bible or not. Mm -hmm. That value, if you believe in the innocent until proven guilty, that's where it comes from. You take a look at the modern left cult, 
and they don't have any of these moral values. Mm-hmm. Right. They believe there's no truth but power. They believe in blank slate. They believe the majority should have, you know, the authority and things like that. And that's what a a lack of a moral framework looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not sitting here to say people should be Christian. I'm not saying people should believe in God or that God is real. I'm just saying understand the root of the the basic moral foundations and the laws of this country and the constitution. So I studied world religion and one of the things that I found fascinating, um, and it's why, you know, I have faith in in Jesus and as a Christian, is you study world religion, really religion comes down to, and this is probably not normally what we talk about, but religion comes down to uh, human beings' attempt to earn favor with the divine. Mm. The separation of all that was the teachings of Jesus. Jesus was the first person really to advocate for the rights of women, the rights of children. Like he talked against the actual, the normal societal framework that they were in right then. It's actually why he was assassinated. It was It was killed because he spoke against... The religious leaders and what they had. I got, said he was God. I got. I got to shout something out too. Well, Seamus mm-hmm. uh, informed me that uh, Jesus said, "If you do not have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one." Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Did you do you do you know what passage that's from and I, what it's about? I could pull this up. Yeah, I, I decided to look it up. And oh, do you want to yeah. know what it is? What is it? So I could be wrong about this. So you know, you'll, you'll have to fact check me on this one. Mm-hmm. But he was talking with his followers about how the government sought to kill him. Right. Indeed. And he said, "What is written about me shall come to pass." Right. Those who has has a purse should take it. If you do not have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. The assessment I read said he was telling his followers to get armed because the government was going to try to kill him. Intriguing. Mm-hmm. And I and laughed I, I when tried, I read that. <laughs> so I, I, I and I I try to be very very careful about like especially public interpretations of theology because I'm not like formally theologically lettered um and a lot of people bring up well you know he, he also says he who lives by the sword dies by the sword point is in the christian tradition it has not historically been pacifistic in the sense that you could never defend yourself if right. someone's trying to harm but, you i mean this is this is, this is, this is a so, modern invention you know i always love talking about the memes i see on facebook and one of them was it was like some atheist lefty said jesus said those who live by the sword die by the sword you know, True. conservatives should give up their guns. And I was like, telling someone that if you engage in combat with a gun, you could result in, in your death is not telling you not to have one. It's <laughs> warning you that there are dangers that come with, right. with exercising this. But more importantly, when, when I then tell them, like, look, again, I'm not religious, but he literally said to buy a sword. Mm. And it was in reference to he, it was written that he would be killed. And so he was like, you should have swords. And then someone said, I have two. And he says, that is exactly enough. I'm like, two? Well, that's <laughs> more than one. That's a great start. I, well, I want to make this point. Too. Oh, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. no, you go. Well, I, I just wanted to make this point that it's even external to like simply being Christian or believing in scripture. And I, I'm sure this is something you've recognized as you've studied different world religions. And I am not a, a pluralist. I am not, I don't believe all religions are equally true or anything along those lines. Sure. But in every functioning, stable societal system, you have something approximating the Ten Commandments, right? And right. the scriptures also say that the Ten Commandments are written on the heart of every man. This isn't just something people uh, need to hear from divine revelation. So it's not simply that they reject Christianity. They reject any and all semblance of the moral law or the natural law. What they reject is personal accountability. Of any kind. Well, there's no idea of like personal guilt or I could have done something wrong. And so... When you look at, um, you know, what, what's required for, for a stable society to function, obviously not murdering, not bearing false witness, not committing adultery, because when you commit adultery, who knows who's responsible for, for whose children? I mean, these things are completely and entirely instrumental to having any kind of a, a stable system. 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I've had but, people that have told me, you know, you shouldn't run for office because you're an ordained minister. Mm, um, mm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, it's a separation of church and state. That's I'm ridiculous. Like, that's not what that's talking about. That's <laughs> to actually protect people from the government, not right. to protect the government from people. Our, our founding fathers never did that with anything. Yeah. Second Amendment is a perfect example of that. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, that's exi- that exists to protect us from tyranny of government. That's well, what it exists for. It, and part of why I bring up the Ten Commandments is because so often when Christians are, refused, are accused of being theocratic or someone says you're trying to force your religion on people, it's not because a Christian politician is saying we need to force people to go to church on Sunday. It's not right. because Catholics such as myself are saying, oh, we need to force people to do these kinds of penances. Um, it's because there is some element of the natural law of the Ten Commandments yes. that our society is left behind, and we're simply pointing out that if you want a functioning system, people have to follow those rules. It's beneficial we, we, to have somebody who is in governance that has a moral framework. Mm-hmm. What we're well, seeing in our society is people don't have a moral framework. Mm-hmm. One thing I've said a while back is that it feels like th- there's a lot of ways people describe the two factions in, the, in politics or the culture war. I've described it as Christian moral framework versus non no moral framework. Right. And a lot of people, uh, there are a lot of people who criticize me. They say they don't like that, and they're atheists, and they're like, I'm an atheist. I'm a liberal. I've never believed this stuff. And then I just try and talk to them. I'm like, where do you do you believe in the Fifth Amendment, the right that you are innocent until proven guilty? Do you know the history of this and where it comes from? Right. Again, my point is, by all means, you don't have to believe in, in God and the Bible. Sure. But the morals that this country had for a long time were built upon these things. And so when that last line is lost, right. you get a generation of people who say, what does it matter? Mm-hmm. I mean, our founding fathers said that that our constitution works for a moral society. Yeah. Well, and then again, what what constitution it. doesn't? Right. Like, what right. system works right. in an immoral society? One argument I remember hearing a lot, and this is even something Christopher Hitchens said, was, you know, you, Christians don't have a, a monopoly on morality. And Hitchens's line was like, no, they don't. you expect me to believe <laughs> that they uh, got all the way to uh, Mount Sinai and just then learned that it was wrong to kill and rape and, and steal? I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> when the Ten Commandments came down and that well, bearing false witness was wrong. But the point is, no, uh, no we're not arguing that. But what's ironic is they will point out these basic moral norms that they say everyone's familiar with, external to Christianity. But then whenever any Christian talks about enforcing those norms, they go, well, that's Christian theocracy. You're trying to force your religion onto me. <laughs> Hold on. I thought these were things we all agreed on. Right. Well, that's that, that's the funny thing now. When you look at people who don't believe in free speech. Yeah. Right. This is why I start to see they, they don't believe in innocent until proven guilty. They believe it is acceptable to bear false witness. They believe yes. that people should not have a right to speak. And I'm like, it's really, really fascinating. It's like. There's a new religion. Right. Uh, it was Peter Bogosian, James Lindsay, and Helen Pluckrose who did the Sokol Squared hoax. I went and, and we, and I interviewed them. James Lindsay we've had on the show a couple times. Peter Bogosian talked about intersectionality as a new non-theistic religion, mm-hmm. which is effectively wokeness. Right. And we had a really interesting discussion. Privilege is your original sin. Like there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of facsimiles. Right. Where they've tried to replace these things. Perhaps people, have something within them where they, they long for purpose. I think sure. that's true. Yeah, dude. And yeah. when they lost f- the uh, faith or religion, and I, I don't care what religion it is. There are people of all different religions. Sure. But when people don't have one, they find one. Right. And they found wokeness. And that's why they're dogmatic in their approach. That's how they handle yeah. it. And we can't find we can't find our purpose in our religion and politics. That's what we're seeing, too, is, is that's become – I think the, a lot of the radicals uh, treat their, their politics like a faith system. And that's why it's become so toxic. I I disagree with you guys. If you don't think Dr. Fauci and George Floyd aren't prophets of our modern day, (laughs) you guys are blasphemous sicko of the wokeism and corporatism that we're all living under right now. I have to mention it. 
when that mural of George Floyd was struck by lightning I and mean. exploded. That one freaked me out. Yikes. I'm, I'm always very careful to speak on behalf of God. But sometimes God speaks for himself. Yeah, there you go. I got to say, that was, that was something else. It yeah. was like this whole wall was painted. And lightning struck just the part. It's George that? Floyd with a crown on. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and I mean, look, that is that is one of the tenets of the state religion that has filled the void that has been well, left it's, by it's more traditional Christian it, thought. It, it, yeah. It's literally corporations and powerful ruling elites creating the perfect consumer, the perfect yep. individual to be a slave of their current system that, of course, they're building. And and and, and if you could if you could literally build a person. That, that you could, you could suck the life out of, suck the wealth out of, suck the potential out of. It is the modern man. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's the value. To me, that's the value of faith. You know what I mean? So I think that we're losing that as a society. So we don't have a moral framework, but the value of faith is you have accountability to something higher than yourself. That, that accountability can't be the government. It can't mm-hmm. be that you believe that the government's here to save you. We've seen time and time again that no, that's no, no, not no, no, no. It's right. Pfizer. Pfizer's going <laughs> to save yeah. us. Well, yeah. They know what's best for us, and they could do no wrong. And uh, we should always listen to him and and, uh, and Lord uh, Bill Gates. And I, I want to make one more point. Matt Walsh has made headlines with his fantastic documentary, What is a Woman? And he's highlighting the absurdity of the fact that we share a society with people uh, who can't give us an accurate definition of sure. what a woman is and who we don't agree on what a woman is. But there's a problem that goes even deeper, which is that for decades we have lived in a society with people who we don't have the same definition of what man is is right with right so are human beings made in god's image and likeness or are we just these self-replicating coils of By dna man, human yes yeah. yes are, are we just these sort of genetic automatons right. and, and just consciousness is the wet stuff in your head this meat substance giving rise to information processing or do we have intrinsic value <laughs> no. i think yeah. that's a much more substantial distinction and it's totally been it's and totally th- been lost and i think the issue here we talked about this um you're projecting yes how, how am i projecting James, you are projecting when someone tells you they don't have a soul mm-hmm. why would you assume they're wrong they don't because i believe all humans have a soul well right you're projecting because you do and you believe it certainly someone else must but, hold but I, on. Was, I was talking to somebody who's an atheist and they told me they don't believe in the soul they don't believe in the spirit they don't believe in god or religion and i said so do you think you're like then what are you wet robot and i'm like okay. i believe you yeah i personally feel a soul within me i i, I have this experience <laughs> i have this 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 inner 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 monologue. Some people don't have that. Did you know that? Yeah, well, that's sad, sad, sad to me because I mean, for me, I, I just see the. I just say, look, I see the value in recognizing in a creator, and that we all have origin in that creator, and we all have a soul. Mm-hmm. So I see value in that. I think that society would see a value in that. But I mean, you can't make people to believe. Yeah, well, and the point I would make is, yes, you are right. There are many people who say they don't have a soul who say they don't have free will. I don't believe that makes it so. I think by definition, if a person sure. does have a soul and they do have free will, then that would allow for the possibility of them to deny that they have a soul and free will. But what if they don't have free will? I believe that they do. What right. if and I understand that's, that's, that's that this is an point, argument. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's you a belief. projecting but a belief onto another It's a person. belief about mankind, but it's also properly basic. Everyone operates as if they have free will. Some deny its existence, but no one acts as if they don't believe. But free him projecting will his belief doesn't mean know, that he's man. wrong. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. I it know. just means that I mean, somebody else could right, be wrong. I'd say you're wrong. I'm saying, but you are projecting your belief onto other people. Well, I think you my, have my to, question, my, my my point was simply the question of what if they're. What right. If, what if they're right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe and that you have to be humble enough to realize I could be wrong. No, for sure. But I think if I'm wrong, 
then I'm wrong about the fact that yes. I have free will and a soul. Like, if they're right, then we're all genetic automatons. Right. There's not some special no, exception no, no, for no, me no, no. because of what I believe. No, no. If someone is so, if within yourself you feel your existence mm-hmm. and you feel your presence and your soul, someone else could not have one. It doesn't mean you don't. You could have a soul and they might not. Some people might be NPCs. But we would have to look at the explanation for that, right? So their worldview not is... Not enough souls in existence for every human body. <laughs> Maybe too We ran out. There's there's too there's much of a population. That, that someone, someone on this show mentioned there was a, a philosopher or a writer who said that there were not enough souls for the entirety of the bodies so that are being created. Well, then you're denying a creator, yeah. in my opinion. You, in my opinion, you'd be denying a creator. If a creator can create souls, then it can create a, an infinite amount or the right amount for the number of people that I'm exist. Not, but what if they, the creator just simply chose not to? What if, what if the creator said, there's one billion, we're done? If you read, so if I, as I read scripture, that would not be congruent with the creator describing scripture. That's Let's all. go to Super Chats. <laughs> yeah, on that that note. Wait, wait, you guys are well, playing I mean, you guys oh. are playing this video game seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that I was, was quite the saying, spiral, sorry. I, I think my point is just that I think it takes a lot more intellectual work and many more assumptions to make the argument that like some humans don't have a soul and some some do. I really do believe that the most straightforward explanation is we all do or we all don't. It has to be universalized. All right, let's I'm, read these super agree. chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, and share the show with your friends if you do like it. Head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have that members-only show coming up at 11 p.m. This time we got you because uh, uh, no no serious threats or anything. Not yet. So, uh, sure. We we're we're able to keep working. <laughs> so, again, smash that like button, and we will now read your super chats. All right. Woot do for you says, no chair equals despair. Yeah, some people uh-huh. were saying uh, that we should have started the stream empty. And then, uh-huh. and then <laughs> Mike Scott says, Tim, saw you get angry in your vid today. I've been campaigning for Congress in Maryland, running as Republican in a solid D. Most D's aren't part of the cult and want better. Just remember to keep striving for better. You do good work, bro. I got mad over a lot of things today that, uh, you know, we get, we get uh, this threat. Jeremy Hambly gets this threat. And then these protesters show up at Kavanaugh's and they won't. There's no justice. There yeah. is no enforcement yeah. of law in this country anymore. Yeah, you, you have to have enforcement. There has to be law and order. It's there. There are a bunch of whistleblowers claiming the FBI has been purging conservative staff members. So clearly, what's happening is that this country is factionalizing and sure. gearing up for a conflict. I all hope right, it's not true. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, "What we all want to know: pierogies or potatoes? Well, pierogies, of course. Who will win? Duh. Potatoes are great. You know, I would I would say pierogies, but they're made with wheat, aren't they? Yeah. Depends. You can I, make I, they're anyway. really good, though. Yeah. But aren't they good. just potato anyway? They're better potatoes. <laughs> oh, okay. you know what is good? You know what is good? Kolachkis. Yeah, they're freaking. Yeah. Ooh, kolachkis are good. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. I would agree with you. But but Ash a pierogi is just like a dumpling with potato in it. Yeah. So any, I guess any, any you're, you still got potatoes. Potato what you're man? saying is like a plain <laughs> potato versus like a fancy one. Yeah. Absolutely. I that's don't like that's fancy. the difference perfectly represented here <laughs> at this table. I don't like yeah, fancy. No, I, I don't. I don't need all the glitz and glam. I have that's internal right. substance. I so. need a simple oh, potato. You're just a dirty potato. Oh my. <laughs> now look, I'm not denying that either. Both uh, things yeah, can be true. That's fair. Yeah. Valiant Thor says everything Thomas Sowell said would uh, said would continue to happen is happening. Much love to you all, and so glad no one was harmed. You handled it with class and resilience, as we will continue to do. Jeff Pearson says red flag laws equals legalized swatting. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. It will if, if they pass Good red point. flag laws, yeah. then Good you point. are it's going to be swattings across the board. Oh yeah, yep. What's girlfriends and boyfriends are going to be snitching on each other because yeah. they're mad. Yeah. They already do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it'll be, a, it'll be it'll be it'll be anonymous, anonymous tips on every on every 
streamer or neighbors not li- liking the other neighbor. Oh yeah, yeah. bad Thanksgiving dinner. Next thing you know, yeah, exactly. Yep, so. Yeah, it's a problem. All right, Johnny Boy two nine one says, Tim, I've been watching your videos since your reports during Occupy Wall Street. After yesterday's situation and your pushback against Daryl Davis, among other recent events, I've finally decided to sign up for a membership on your website. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. There's another one here. It says one out of two. There we go. Johnny Boy says, keep up the good fight, brother, and keep speaking out. We need more people like you all out there. Stay safe, guys. So uh, are you familiar with Daryl Davis? No. He's the famous black black, uh, black jazz musician who de-radicalized Klan members nice. simply by befriending them. Yeah, 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 I do. Yep. I mean, I didn't know. I, I couldn't put a name to the face, but yes. We had him on the show, and I think what ended, what ended up happening was a lot of people assumed that because he de-radicalized Klan members, he was anti-identitarian. Mm. Okay. Right? So his thing was all, you know, we should just be humans together. Turns out he's actually very much identitarian. He wants reparations. Okay. He believes in white privilege and all that kind of stuff. So what? I, a lot of people were disappointed. Because it seemed like there was going to be this prominent speaker who was like, we should all be people and be friends and right. race shouldn't be a factor in this. And then it turns out he actually is still very racist. Should have Morgan Freeman on. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's basically what he was saying, right? Right. You should just be people. Yep. All right. Samuel Pyle says the House passed a federal red flag law today. Was that today or was it yesterday? Oh, it was yesterday. yesterday. No? Yeah. Did they do it today? We talked about it today. I'm surprised. Jonathan Howe says, January 6th hearing begins tonight. Oh, did it? How much you want to bet they paint us all as terrorists and use this to demonize those who won't submit to their authority? Mm. Well, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the left is using that to to demonize those who dissent. That's all. It's political yeah. dissent. Mm-hmm. All right. Kayla Howlett says, I love potatoes and I love Seamus. Well, thank Woo! you. Potato man good, apparently. Seamus <laughs> yes. one, Luke zero. Oh, I don't so know far, about that. So I'm far. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's find some good. Brian says, swap that like button. Woo! And so I, I actually pinned a another. I saw that and then I pinned swap the like button. I thought that was funny. Dodge Gaskell says, Tim Pool and Co. All your phones are probably tapped. Yeah, that they mean, were tapped years ago. Say, yeah. Was, yeah. That, 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 that was people like, like <laughs> yeah. 15 years ago. I was like, of your course. phones are tapped. They're, everyone's yeah. like, you're crazy. You're insane. The government would never do that. I mean, Patriot Act. After, yeah. after Occupy Wall Street, I had an Android and an iPhone. And I remember one day they both turned on at the same time or like, like very close at the same time. Like one turned on, the other turned on. Huh. And then I was like, what? They're software. I turned them off. And they turned right back on. They are spying devices. They're of not cell phones. They they're, yeah. they're literally here just to keep track of everything. No, they're going. software that governments buy right. that they can turn your phone Easy. on and listen yeah. at any time. Easily yep. done. Martin Edgar says, Tim, the Ryan Kelly thing goes deeper. Five other GOP candidates were disqualified, including Craig, who was the front runner before his disqualification. Keep up the great work, Tim and crew. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. All right. Bad Karma says, events from yesterday. If a justice is removed from the Supreme Court, the sitting president gets to appoint a replacement, correct? That's right. Yep. Crazy, man. That was that guy's tweet. Ghost Crusader says, around the 16-minute mark, Tim says, right, like the boss from Office Space. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's who we're channeling here. That's right. Mikal says, greetings from Sweden. Just want to say that I love all of you guys. Want to shout at my newborn daughter, Iris, that came Aww. to the world a few days ago. Congratulations. Congrats. Nice. Congrats. What's, awesome. the, what's that burger place in Sweden? M Burger? I don't I know. know. All I know is they have these like halloumi cheeseburgers. Like it's not, it's not meat. It's like fried cheese on a mm. burger. It's so good. Sounds good. Yeah, I love that place. <laughs> Sweden was fun, man. But, I, but, but it was like kind of creepy because we were getting spot on and stuff. 
Yeah. Ian Hall says Luke has his has his head out of his butt, unlike ninety five percent of Democrats. That's I, I wouldn't you. go that far. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a compliment to say your head is not in your butt. That's such a compliment. Well, there's so many people with their heads up their butts that you I mean, know that's true. it's a rare thing these that's, days. Luke, I just want to point. That's like the nicest thing anyone's willing to say about you. In the <laughs> okay. She said she loved me and potatoes, but you know, Luke, like I guess his head's not in his yeah, butt. Like, butt. All right, Bobcat says, "Glad to see a guest on who's almost as cool as an army forward observer." Tommy, would you support legislation to allow everyone to conceal carry a GAU eight? <laughs> what is what is what is it was that it's it's uh just a really big gun um <laughs> no so uh yeah i don't um anything that Im- impedes upon the second amendment i'm uh not good for but that, so. everything does yeah, yeah. So that, honestly i do i don't think that you should even have to have a um have to have a permit to carry I think so it's re- repeal the nfa yep i'm fine with that yeah yeah 100 yeah, percent. i just think a lot of this stuff i mean it's very clear now what about owning nuclear weapons i mean look at the reality is i mean you can't get a hold of one so so many people so I had somebody asked me that at a debate one time. Well actually not a debate. I was at uh Suffolk GOP committee meeting. So I guess what about rocket launchers? I'm like, do you have enough money for rocket I don't have enough money for a rocket launcher. Hmm. So I don't think that, that should be the restriction is whether or not we're allowed to own one. I mean we can't afford one. So that's just not the reality. You can't have access to it. And but, for, and if you are rich enough you can still get one. Sure, absolutely you can. That's that you know. I so mean I don't so know if, if I just think that no, I just think permitting is stupid. I think that our founding fathers, the Second Amendment was there for a reason. The reason was to prevent tyranny. Hmm. Not to hunt. I don't care what Joe Biden says <laughs> about Kevlar with deer. I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. He obviously knows nothing about ballistics, but that's not what it's for. It's not even really to defend yourself. It was to protect us against tyranny, mm-hmm. and which is astounding if you think about it. A, a group of guys who just got finished throw, overthrowing a government to establish their own country, they thought it best that the Second Amendment, that our citizens should be able to overthrow us. But it was more than that. Well, it was enemies foreign and domestic. Right. So there was concern about foreign invasion. Sure. Yeah. As of well as an internal conflict. And they said the people. This is what I love when I see all these memes that are like well-regulated militia. And I'm like, what part of the people? Right. The right of the people. We the people. It says the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Like it doesn't say the right of the well-regulated militia. Nope. I, they, but they're willfully ignorant. So what can you say? Mm-hmm. Also, no, you make the perfect point. No one's willing to look at just the most basic elements of the historical context here they had just finished fighting a war against their government and establishing independence and people are like yeah i think they wanted guns to hunt yeah it's like what? i mean of course you had to have guns to hunt they didn't yeah, have walmart course, you weren't going to get stakes at walmart <laughs> <Nice. You know? laughs> they'd give their kids guns right when they would go out to hunt they'd hand their 12 year old son a musket yep you can't do that well actually you can, can. In some states. Yeah, yeah 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 it's funny when when i hear people say like should kids be allowed to have guns and i'm like you can like right. in the presence of the parent and, and and I think you mean parental rights actually exist. Yeah, huh? It's crazy, isn't it? Not every state, though. I mean, look at New Jersey, New York, Maryland. All right, let's read some more. Dracona Force Two says, "Here's my second super chat ever. In recognition of my military PCS from Japan back to the states, I'll be honest with everyone. I hate that I'm going back to the states. Would rather be deployed to the desert. Wow, mm. that's sad. Yeah, man. It's now, really when, whenever I would travel the world for these news stories, I would always be really happy to be back in the United States. Absolutely, I couldn't wait to come back every time. You know, I mean, and I like, think you honestly, true comfort then. Yeah, I think I think the majority of people who say America sucks and they you know talk about wanting to the downfall of the nation, um, I think they need to spend some uh, time abroad. Go to go to these countries that you think are these. Like, look at Venezuela. You think Venezuela is so great? You think that nation, that form of government, is so great? Go visit. Yeah, me Do and Tim not went there. Just go. Uh, it's not fun. Yeah. No, go live there for a while. Stay there for a month. 
See, yeah, I got a, I got, good luck surviving. <laughs> I, got a, uh, I got accused of being a spy when I went to Venezuela and was forced to flee the country. Wow. Do not yeah. just go to Sweden and Norway and come back and tell me how great they are. Yeah. Go to Venezuela, go to Turkey, go yeah. to Egypt, and then come back and tell Norway me. Norway and Sweden are not socialist. They're, yeah, they're not even that great. They're capitalist, they're capitalist nations with robust social welfare systems. Yeah. That there's a there's a big big, big difference. Venezuela yeah. nationalizes industry, right? And we pay for their military. I don't want to hear. Well, it. I mean, actually, Sweden is the largest weapons exporter per capita. That's true too. Yeah, That's great but, point. So, but so go to go to Afghanistan. Go to see go to these places there. They have extremists in charge. Go everywhere. You know, yeah. go check out these things and see what it is. That's the difference is people who have that experience. They look at our freedoms here very differently. Yes. Whenever people tell me like Sweden is so nice, I'm like, bro, they make weapons. Mm-hmm. Like they are the largest weapons exporter per capita. But, uh, of course they're doing well. Right. Selling what? <laughs> Whatever. And I keep right. furniture. Ian Hall says, that's right, bypass the Soros-bought DAs, vote for a sheriff that will uphold the law. They can press charges and the DA can get stuffed. <laughs> well, there you go, I guess. All right, let's see. Josh Froman says, surprise you didn't all have pistols on your hips as you walked around last night. Also, cops lied to you. You have every right to film them under the First Amendment. They are public servants. Well, we we had the cameras running. I mean, it's an issue of do we want to yeah, ask the police to come right. and, and, and try and deal with a very security sensitive, uh, sensitive security issue and then be like, also, we're going to film all of the things you're doing. That's one they, of the frustrations I have, too, right now is uh, people treat uh, our police officers like garbage. Nobody cares about it. Nobody cares about them anymore. Nobody thinks about their frame of mind. That's why, really, honestly, the way that you handled it uh, and the way that your entire team handled it yesterday was great. It's, it is tough. Um, you know, I don't want cops coming in here for no reason. Sure. But considering— but You guys were respectful. You guys were—I mean, and yeah, they were respectful. Yeah. I, I I think that that goes a long way. Well, you know, we we need some some way to deal with this. Yeah. You know, uh, so there's private security. There's, there's police. Uh, I will say, so what this is referring to, when we had the bomb squad come out, they told us not to film. Sure. And, uh, yeah, we have security cameras filming the entire – everything. Right. Everything on this property is filmed. We didn't hold up an expensive $3,000 camera rig in their face as they did it because we are not here to just piss off the guys who are trying to help us with right. a security threat. If it was like they showed up unannounced and were – there's a conflict between us, I'd be like, we are filming this. Sure. If it's like, thank you for coming and helping us, we're going to let you do your job. Yeah. Look, I'm not I'm, – I'm, I'm not going to uh, – yeah, I got issues, my issues with cops, but I'm not an anarchist. You know, Michael Malice is much more the anarchist than me. I'm more towards, you know, I'm not a big person and big on cops or whatever, but, you know, I recognize some of it. I think it's important to film and document everything, but you could sure. do it respectfully without, you know, being a prick right. to somebody. Right. And we have, we have security cameras, everything in the house and all that stuff. I'm just trying to make sure we keep tensions at a minimum, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Luke will just film. Maybe you just do it. What is this? Someone says they got Michael Cobb says watching the January 6th in the background and OMG, they're wanting war. It's crazy. I never knew the Civil War would be started by Liz Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't even I think that's not I don't even know if that's a joke. The Cheneys right. have a long history of starting Indeed. wars. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> sure do, yeah. yeah, who thought Ouch. Liz Cheney wouldn't want to start a war? <laughs> yeah. She's like the January 6th hearing. I'm going to put together a list of all the things we need to buy from Halliburton. That's Lockheed right. Martin. She was like Sweden. She was like the insurrectionists have weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> <laughs> if there is a one percent chance, that's right. We don't want to have to find out tomorrow on the news. Yellow cake, mushroom. We never know. They yeah. have yellow cake. It's actual yellow cake, but whatever. Oh Every time they heard that, I was just like, mm, please. 
cake. One Life says, I'm here for the coffee brand coffee and to hear more about graphene. Glad you are all safe. Real America on your side. Yeah, Jeremy gave us like $1,000 last night. Yeah. That's why they swatted him. I actually tried to figure out how to do this. I don't know nothing about technology. I tried to figure out how to do the super chat to put our website up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't figure it out. I don't know. Yeah, I gave up. So it, actually, shameless plug. Go to tommyaltman.com. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Ryan Price says, Tim and crew, really cool seeing your billboard on the Stevenson going into Chicago near the old neighborhood. Woo. I have since moved out of there, but people in this country and in Chicago need to be exposed in the real world to better media and content. We uh, right. We got some new ads up. In Times Square, we have a Luke Rudkowski billboard. I, I'm surprised my nose fit on the billboard. <laughs> I know, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, ha- I have my mom. I have like all my like old high school friends messaging me, be like, "You made it, bro!" Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even care about this stuff, but it, it is I it is pretty funny. cool. It I, is. I said to Luke, "Did your mom? Uh, I bet your mom never thought." You running around with a high eight camera yelling at politicians would result in screaming you at them, getting arrested, getting. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, and you then never we, know. we put up uh, Michael Malice as well because he's a, we're big fans and good friends. And so we got a good quote from him. He says, the corporate press gives you the narrative. Tim Cast gives you the news. But we had a plural. Some people were questioning the singular plural because it says the corporate press give you the narrative. Tim Cast gives you the news. Because the corporate press was was plural, so who cares? It's it's, it's about getting the message. Hey, look, the reality. And if you see fixed. some of the, and, and if you share them in Chicago, I haven't seen the one in Chicago yet. If you could take some photos and send them to me on Twitter, Twitter, uh, well, the, the ones Arcane, in Chicago awesome. are just vinyl of me. Yeah, but the, but the billboard on Times Square has got you on it. Yeah, if if, if people have some photos at Luke, we are change. No, so, I said it yesterday, and I absolutely mean it, man. I really do appreciate everything you guys do. I know it's a lot of work, um, and you guys doing this for so long. You guys did it at the right time in, in history, which is great. Um, but this is where the news is. This is the future of the news right here. Long, um, long form really is. We had one other uh, ad we put up. We put up a billboard in Times Square for Will of the People, the original song by Timcast. So there's a big 40-foot digital billboard for Will of the People, the original song and music video by Timcast. And it shows the orange sky with the statues being pulled down. And we're, uh, we're planning our album release We've already, we got a, we, we have a bunch of songs. Uh, actually, this is this is really cool news. We've tracked a bunch of demos. We're we're talking with some producers out of Nashville, and we're hoping to have. I, I guess you can call it an EP or an album. Maybe eight to ten songs released by August. So that will be the Will of the People full full album release. I'm really excited. Very cool. We'll, we'll buy a bunch of ads everywhere. It'll be fantastic. Yeah, we've got a bunch of really cool songs. We we're just recording earlier. Shane from Tales from the Inverted World was doing some vocals because he used to be in a band. Very exciting stuff happening. All right. Wahoo McDaniel says, no diesel shortage. Tim, where are you getting this info? I am an, uh, I own an oil field MFG company and have a trucking division. My fuel supplier said no chance of a shortage anytime soon here in West Texas. Can I come skateboard with y'all sometime? Love the show. Oh, I mean, we got to figure out some kind of, uh, yeah, the challenge is insurance. That's why we can't really have people coming and skating. We want to try and figure out some kind of event. I will say the diesel shortage, Google it. Um, I, I know that sounds a bit maybe maybe might sound kind of sounding, but I mean it. Uh, I was reading a bunch of news, and they're all warning about diesel shortages. So I don't, I don't know. You mean you mean Brave Search it? Brave Search it. That's <laughs> yes. right. Yeah, we yeah. use the Brave browser for everything. We used to say another phrase, but that that one got compromised. Yeah, yeah duck, duck, right? go. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, we can duck, duck, duck go slide. away. Am I right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 Got him. <laughs> it's like it's a been saving joke. It's been saving. You've been saving that one for like a while. It's been you? years. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually I wrote that joke hoping they would do something wrong, and then all these years later they did. Like, yes, and now the time, time came. Has come. 
All right. Dad teaches and words to my son says judge judges here in Kansas will take custody from you if you homeschool, even when the judge is breaking the law. Even when you try to do right by your kids, a judge will remove them, and nobody in state will do anything. Maybe you shouldn't live in Kansas. In Germany, too, I hear about <laughs> horror stories of parents being arrested because they're, they try to homeschool their children. So wow. there are Move some jurisdictions and yeah. states that are absolutely, totally draconian. Sure. All right. Alexander Nelson says, while abolishing the Department of Education is a start, it won't fix its sending to the state. Uh, fix it sending to the states. Forty cents of every dollar for education in the state of Illinois goes to pensions. Wait, wow. what did it say? How much? Forty cents of every dollar. Mm, well, it gives you fifty it. options. That's why I really love you know, the decentralization of power. I think it's why our founding fathers wanted it. Gives, it gives us fifty options. It is the mm. kindest way to govern. Mm. It gives the citizens fifty options. Well, like with the the public education system in Illinois, what not a lot of people realize is that. The schools, of course, are funded by the local property taxes. So in areas that are wealthier, the teachers make more. But when the pension system kicks in, that's just the state in general. So there can be people who are like working in a wealthy Chicago suburb making a hundred, ten, hundred, twenty grand a year as a gym teacher. And then before retirement, they'll give them extra fluff work. So their income increases. Yes. And then. They're living off of Illinois' pension system, which means people who like live and work in impoverished parts of the inner city making $40,000 a year have to give a portion of their income to the government, like 20% of all their money to the government to pay for somebody to, to live for 20 years at 90K a year on their state-funded pension. It's insane. And the idea that that's fair, that's caring, that's communal. We're on the left and we support these policies because we care about the little guy. Yep. But you care about forcing the little guy to pay for the favors you're giving to your friends and the people who made it into the right part of the system. We have a super chat from The Quartering who says, not even the SWAT team could stop the quenching power of coffee brand coffee. Oh, wow. He Code TimCast will Holy save cow. you on single orders <laughs> on our six amazing coffee blends, six organic teas, three hev- heavenly hot cocos. If you don't buy the swatters win. Oh, wow. So, uh, that, that Tim cast code gets us nothing. Yeah. Jeremy has not done any deal with us. No. Nope. But I suppose he did give us like a thousand dollars yesterday. So you know. yeah. All right. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, See, that's the funny thing about like buying ads on the show. It's like big super chats just appear and everyone sees it. All right. The Texan 83 says, Tim, you need to listen to wings for Marie from tools. 10,000 days album. It's Maynard's realization of why his mother believes like she did despite the bad things that happened to her. Ooh, really? I will definitely check that out. Because I got to tell you, man, we were driving in the car and then YouTube, you know, recommended Judith. And so I played it and I haven't listened to it in like 10 years. And just the guitar, the vocals, the writing is just brilliant. So I'll definitely check out this one, Wings for Marie. That's cool. It's cool. I'll check it Very out right cool. for the show, actually. Dar- uh, Dangna says, when Luke traveled to Epstein Island, what vaccinations did he get? None. Ooh. None. No. We all know that you were first in line for the COVID vaccine when you heard Fauci was giving out donuts. How dare you? How dare you spread such blasphemy here? How what were you drinking before the show? Don't worry, you're drinking. No, 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 no. You're going to get personal? Let's get personal right here. What kind of fluorated drink were you drinking before the show? Fluorated water? I was having a little Budweiser after a hard day of work. That's all you got. After a hard day of work? I rest my case. I rest my case. Is there fluoride? 
in Budweiser? Yes, there is. is like, there? like there, most beers have a large uh, amount oh, of fluoride. Luke, in them. you, I, you were just chugging tap water earlier. No, I, I was not. How dare you? I was just speak the truth, you liar, you blasphemous I'm man. I'm giving a hard time. I thought you were. You're a man of God. A man of God does not lie to the people. You're right, Luke. That's not true. Speak to the Oh, that's hilarious. The only thing anyone just heard was rabble, rabble, rabble. Yeah, rabble, rabble. Well, it's it was yeah yeah. Luke made some points. You guys didn't need to hear them. Yeah, (laughs) fluoride drinker. (laughs) Seems like take turns. Luke doesn't brush his teeth because he doesn't want the fluoride in the toothpaste. Oh my god! I have natural toothpaste. Charcoal. (laughs) All right, Evie uh, Ev Jones says Matthew ten thirty eight. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall shall lose it, and uh, he that looseth his life for my sake shall find it. Hmm. Ah. Pat 210 says, Christianity wasn't meant for everyone. Thanks the point, only the chosen ones will make it. Oh, man. Uh, Yikes. I think that's true. All right. There was a good super chat about uh, Jesus and his swords because hmm. someone expanded upon what I was talking about. I was reading it was like, the state was coming to kill him. So he's like, hey, guys, we need weapons. Yeah, this is actually at the Last Supper that he said this. And the context was that Judas was about to betray him. And he was at the Last Supper with his disciples. And he's like, just so you know, this is coming and you should be prepared. The interesting thing is uh, when they did come and um, one of his disciples cut off the ear of one of the priests' right. guard. Right. Peter, Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus' first action was to heal him. He healed him. Yep. Can you imagine what that guard was thinking? Yeah, I'd be like, hey guys, maybe we got the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that's <laughs> us, right? But that's us, right? Because oh, yeah. Christ heals us, and we we go on to keep sitting. Yeah. All right. Here's SSJ says. Not only did Jesus tell his disciples to sell their cloak because he was about to be put to death, but when he said, "He who lives by the sword will die by it," mm. was after the Romans caught him in the dead of night, and Peter cut off the ear of a soldier. Yeah. So what he was like? Was he warning the soldier? I think so. Not I don't sure. know. What do you think, Seamus? I don't know. I, I just tr- I try to be really careful about like offering up any biblical interpretation about a passage I haven't like specifically studied extensively. And I think that when is a you, good, like, yeah, because, good rule of thumb there. Yeah, because not a lot of people read like people don't realize when you're reading through scripture, like you are reading a translation. And if you want the most solid understanding and interpretation of that, you should go to a higher theological source, particularly one that's like familiar with the Greek and Latin. Like every time I've ever come across a controversial. So not not every time, but many of the times when I'll, I'll come across like a more controversial passage in scripture, someone will make an argument to me based on the original languages, and it just it changes my perspective in a way that I yeah, would not have gained if I had just sat there and read the English. So yeah, be really look careful. At, look at the root words of Hebrew, Aramaic, yeah. uh, Greek. I, it definitely changes. I mean, just the idea, the word love alone. There's so many different versions of it. So, uh, but I mean, I more importantly, and this is what I always tell people, certainly as an ordained minister, you can. You can use scripture to justify anything. Yeah. And the devil quotes any, scripture. That's any right? faith. Yeah. yeah any does. faith can use scripture, mm-hmm. their scripture, their, their sacred text to justify anything. Uh, the reality is you got to understand it in context, both with, uh, in, in the time that it was written in and in the creator. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely think it's a good idea to not just uh, spout off at stuff. And I'm very careful of it. Yeah. I try, right. well, and, Let's, yeah. Yeah. Let's read some more. We got big sloppy says, Tommy, I donated to your campaign, want a yard sign, but don't know how to get one. I convinced my mom to watch yesterday's show for the first time because you were a guest. Was great. Was a great first show, Tim. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, definitely go to, go to TommyAltman.com, donate. If you did, uh, message me on Instagram, Tommy Altman. I didn't uh, do anything clever. Uh, message me there, and I'd love to get you one. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, and share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have that members-only show up around 11 p.m. tonight. These are not family-friendly, but they are a lot of fun, so we'll talk about some, some, some interesting things. Check it out. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL on Instagram, where we post clips every single day. You can follow me there at TimCast or also on Twitter. Tommy, do you want to shout, shout out uh, anything else? No, I mean, yeah, check check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram. It's Tommy Altman. Uh, Facebook, I think it's Tommy4VA. It's TommyAltman.com. Yeah, listen, I really appreciate you guys having me, and I appreciate uh, you know everybody that did donate and, and give online. That's really nice of you. Uh, but I appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate all the hard work you guys are doing. Seriously. Thanks we have to engage. Man. We really do have to engage. I think the, getting the next generation to engage is critical if, uh, if we're going to continue to have this experiment of freedom that we have. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for coming. Um, I have a YouTube channel called YouTube.com forward slash We Are Change. Something odd's been happening ever since I, I got on the show this week. Uh, YouTube ranks your video 1 to 10. 1's great. 10's bad. All my videos this week have been tens. I don't know what's going on. Maybe I tripped something in the algorithm, but go check it out. Uh, subscribe, click the notification button, and I uh, I think you guys would love the intro that I released today on YouTube.com forward slash We Are Change. And uh, Seamus, uh, you you weren't that unbearable today. I th- you know what? I appreciate that. And I was I was feeling similarly about you until that last comment. <laughs> I guess that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, I I see why your videos were tens this week, bud. I run a YouTube. Don't you dare! You son of a gun. <laughs> I run a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. You guys are going to love it. Our videos have not all been tens this week, but today we're actually dealing with a nine. Even though it's a really good video that you guys should go check out. I think you'll really enjoy it. We were watching it before the show. Everyone was cracking up. I think you should go check it out. You should also go to freedomtunes.com. We want to get independent from big tech, so we just launched our own website. Woo. We have a membership section where for five bucks a month, you're going to get an extra cartoon every week that only members get. You're also going to get behind-the-scenes content. We got a bunch of videos up there already. You'll be supporting independent content, getting extra content. I really hope you all enjoy it. Freedomtunes.com. I'm having such flashbacks to having three younger brothers right now. You two are ridiculous, <laughs> but it's hilarious. I appreciate it. I'm curious to see if pierogies or potatoes win tomorrow night, Friday night. You pierogies guys may follow me win. on Twitter and minds.com at Sarah Patchlitz. Um, and yeah. I think tomorrow for dinner we should just do pierogies and like potatoes. See who wins. And yeah. we'll have like a bunch of different kinds. Yeah, yeah. Sounds great. All right, everybody. We will <laughs> see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.